Today on Game Red Radio. Developers, 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 developers. Game Red Radio starts now. Yes! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gamerhead Radio. I am Goat on this moonless night. And I am Charlie, Technotronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. And I am Jonathan Santiago, a.k.a. Alan Flynn. We're villains! Come on! And we are recording this under the light of no moon whatsoever because the, the eclipse is currently in full swing. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It's very and, eerie. Um, so if anything weird happens on this show, that's why. Yes. And that's definitely the only reason. Yes. <laughs> If anybody can tell early. me what that is, if anybody can tell me what that is, uh, I wasn't I paying will, attention. Sorry, I will give you a pat on the back. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, it's uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I mean, listeners, if anybody, if anybody listening uh, can tell me what that little theme I just hummed was, I will, I will love you forever. Oh, I th- I'm thinking back. I'm, I'm accessing my memory files, and I believe I know what that is. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about it after the show. Speaking of things you could tell us. I could not read your lips then. <laughs> Charlie and I were trying to talk away from our microphones, and I was just like, you know, I was, I was, was mouthing something. Yeah, it was. It, it didn't it, work. It we like tried were trying to like set up a makeout date. Maybe it's just me. Uh, sure. It was not just you. Anyways, okay. speaking of things uh, coming out, uh, what do we got, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dude, that already was the best starting segue. the show with a that fucking was the singer. Segue of the year. Oh, it was oh. good. Wow, that was amazing. Well done, goat. Uh, so Tuesday, <laughs> September 29th, uh, NBA 2K16 on the PC, the PS3, the PS4, the Xbox 360, and the Xbox One, uh, complete with, from what I remember I was talking about previously, uh, completely unrealistic models compared to their actual peoples. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's the same game. Uh, if I'm not, that's okay. No, that um, is the same game. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Persona 4, dancing all night on the Vita. But why? Um, hey. N- yeah. NBA Live 16. Oh, so there's two NBA games here, so maybe it's, I might, I might have them confused. But regardless, NBA Live 16 is on the PC, the PS4, and the Xbox One. Might and Magic Heroes 7 Deluxe Edition on the PC. Uh, Samurai Warriors 4 2 on the PC and the PS4. Uh, Samai, Samurai Warriors 4 2. Yeah, it's like Final Fantasy X 2. Mm. Same, same idea. Never I'm a good assuming. idea. Uh, Japanese, they count weird. Um, uh, Tony Hawk's... I almost said Tony Stark's. <laughs> I would better. love to play Tony Stark's Pro Skater 5. I would love to, too. <laughs> it's just him with the fucking repulsor rays coming out of his feet, just blowing everything to, to smithereens. Oh, God, make that game somebody. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Farming Simulator 16, thank God, is finally making his transition to the <sighs> Vita. The <Okay>. Vita? <laughs> It's out I of- don't want to farm sim on my PC. Why the fuck would I want to do it on the Vita? Oh. Of co- but of course it would be on the Vita. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that game is out on, I think, everything mm-hmm. else. Oh, it's my huge. God. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many people have bought or played the game. Uh, I don't. I personally have never. If anybody has played Farming Simulator, any of the Farming Simulators, please let us know. I know a bunch of people and, on Steam that do it. And also, why um, that and Euro Truck Simulator? I'll never understand why people play these two games, but it's all right. It's super hard because you have to drive on the wrong side of the road. So, oh God! <laughs> Something for everybody, I guess. And it's a lorry. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Arcana Heart Three Love Max on the PC. Uh, also sounds like a dancing game. Might not be. Uh, Dungeon Defenders 2 on the PS4. Dynamite Fishing. That's not how you fish. <laughs> World Speak games. for yourself. <laughs> on the PS4. I always come home with fish. 
pieces of fish. Literally um, cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Gem <laughs> Legends on the Vita. Mega Man Legends on the Xbox. I'm sorry, on the PS1. Uh, PS1 Classic. So uh, I guess on the PS4. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, PSN, it's a, I think, in general. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Kotaku, you've confused me. Um, Onigiri on the PS4. Uh, Prismatic Solid on the PS4, Thief Town on the PS4, and Toto Temple Deluxe on the PC and the PS4. On Wednesday, September 30th, Armacrog is making it over to the PC, and The Escapist, The Walking Dead, is hitting PC and Xbox One Digital. And on Friday, October 2nd, Laser Life, The Life of Lasers... The story of oh, John Smith, the laser man. I've made oh, all of that last part up. I completely made no, it up. It's no. just called Laser Life. It's hitting the Xbox One. It's fi- finally a laser sim that I've been waiting for. I can't tell if you're serious. <laughs> Genuinely can't tell if you're serious. <laughs> Neither can I. Uh, okay, good. Concerning. All right, so we got the you know some decent games coming out. I mean, nothing... Really wild and crazy. Uh, how really? You... I got nothing on there I want to play. Absolutely nothing of anything I just read has any it's of It's not my always about you. I'm Farm not... Simulator, Charlie. <laughs> on Vita, of course. I've yeah. already 100% of that game on the Xbox yeah, One. Yeah, because Charlie's going <laughs> to rush out and buy a fucking Vita. <laughs> yes. For no, that game. No, I'm not. So, how was your, uh, how was your week? Full of, full of damn ponies. <laughs> full of damn ponies. Damn ponies? Um, really? When is damn... your week not full of damn ponies? Um, uh, recently, never. Hold ever, that ever. Thought. Are the damn ponies like the damn Yankees? Is it like three super ponies in a, in a, a rock band? I, uh, yes. I'm just going to say yes, because I don't get mm. the reference. Um, uh, so, uh, my week was good. Um, so, in, uh, as, uh, for anybody who's familiar with uh, the con that I mentioned that I'm uh, vice chair for, Ponyville Cider Fest, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, November 20th to 22nd. Yay! Um, shameless we, plug. Uh, yep. Uh, completely shameless. Totally shameless. Uh, I have no shame. Um, we, we, we recently announced uh, that um, uh, comic artist Jen Blake was joining us. I think I mentioned that before. But then, uh, super, super, super excited. We just announced uh, yesterday, uh, being Saturday, September 26th, after the new episode aired, that uh, Tabitha St. Germain... Uh, the voice of Rarity, Princess Luna, Derpy, and and literally 40 other ponies across the, the course of the series is going to be joining us. And uh, we are just ridiculously excited to be uh, welcoming her and adding her to our um, already amazing roster of guests. Um, so as part of her announcement, because I can't do anything the simple way. Um, <laughs> uh, so so I... I, I have a thing with Cider Fest and well, just just in general, really. I like to tease the releases of guests. Like so, like like I've seen it before, where some cons will just say like, "Hey, announcement," and people will be like, "Hey," but I like to lead up to it. I like to engage, you know, the, the fans and the followers and everything. And so I, I've been every time that we've had a guest, I've always like teased up to it. I basically I, I mainly use the uh, the mascot accounts for that, Barley and Carmel. Um, but this time around, I said, you know, I I, I want to you know, and uh, and Corey, uh, my you know, my chair, uh, he he said, and I agreed that uh, we should have like a good long tease up for this one because we've actually been working on this uh on this for a while and um so the word came through that you know thumbs up everything's good she's definitely in and um so uh from wednesday through saturday uh on twitter and everything i did teases but i said you know i want these i want these hints to be pretty vague i want people to be guessing i want um you know i don't want it to be super obvious so on wednesday First one out. Now, as I mentioned, Tabitha's done 40 voices. Um, so I, I put up a tweet, and this could be, like, several people. I said, this 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 person has done more than 10 voices. And my plan was to just kind of ramp it up from there and make it more obvious as we got closer. And I said, more than 10 voices. And 
everybody, like 40 people across Twitter and Facebook were like, oh, Tabitha. I'm just like, you sons of bitches. Like, <laughs> you set yourself up for it, man. Uh, uh, I mean, but it's like, the, it, that could be many people. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, like, I don't understand why everybody she was just said more than five. Uh, well, mm-hmm. kept it big. Yep. Yeah, kept yeah. it big. You so said um, they did a pony's voice. <laughs> Well, yes, <laughs> um, but that would be mean. Um, so because <laughs> because people guessed who it was right away, uh, I decided to be mean, and um, I then said, "Okay, we're switching gears on the on the on the tease campaign here." And um, every hint, there's going to be a single word wrong in the hint, wrong or inaccurate or just a just a lie. So one of the hints <laughs> referred to her as a he. Uh, one of the hints said that uh, she was from Australia, which she's not; she's from Canada. Um, and uh, so on and so forth. And uh, still, most people could not get, get away from Tabitha, like, uh, apparently, uh, you know, which frustrated me to no end. But, uh, but it was just a lot of fun because uh, by, by the time everything was done, because uh, the fourth hint was, uh, you know, he has like won, won many awards. And then, then the fifth hint was, you know, she has been, you know, making Australian cartoons for forever. And people are like, what is going on over there? Like, uh, I think some people still think that it was not intentional mistakes, um, that, that it was just like somebody being sloppy or whatever like not <laughs> like you know like yeah, you gotta throw them off the scent yeah 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 but um but anyways uh everything culminated in saturday when we announced her and um uh pretty much all of our fans like lost their minds out of excitement and uh it was uh, it was a really good time and then uh that same night last night um friendship games the new uh, equestria girls movie premiered and uh love them or hate them you know they uh equestria girls are not going anywhere and um I operated the well. I, I put out a tweet um, that uh, that that confused goat that basically said um, uh, I had a great night pretending to be ponies with people that pretend to be ponies, and so what that meant was is that um, I operate both of the uh, barley PCF and caramel PCF mascot accounts. So I'm constantly I'm routinely talking to myself on Twitter, which is good because I just do this in normal life anyways. Um, so at least I have an outlet for that. Um, but uh, so between those two things um, with uh, with uh, uh, Rebecca Sochet, I'm sorry if I massacred your last name. I believe that's how it's pronounced, um, who plays um, a Sunset Shimmer and is also the singing voice of Twilight Sparkle. Um, we uh, the, the basically the three of us sort of live tweeted uh, the movie as I was being premiered uh, uh, last night so that was also a lot of fun so uh so yes the the tldr version of everything um a whole lot of ponies is how my week was <laughs> john how about you um i had an eventful week i i went and got married you have trumped everything i just said <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> congratulations sir um, um, a round of applause in the studio yeah, thank you thank yeah, you yeah. very much finally um yeah I, I i we were supposed to get married in june next year and uh we've been talking for the last few weeks about like you know maybe we should just go ahead and get married seeing as how we you know already created a human being um and and also because i mean really i mean not not just because we we for for not for any other reason than we just really love each other. I love my my wife. She's a wonderful wonderful woman and uh you know, we we've been we've been together for 2 years and living together for 2 years and uh we've got our son is like a year old now which blows my fucking mind. Um he'll be he'll be a year old next month in October. And uh you know, primarily we just decided why not, you know? And so we went and, and did the damn thing, you know. Not to mention it bumps us up to another tax bracket, which is not a terrible thing either, you know. Uh, there's a million and one reasons why we did it, but sure. we did it. You know, had our immediate family in attendance, kept it really quiet. And then next year, um, the the um, actual ceremony or whatever it is we decide to do with it um, will be for 
friends and and family, you know, to 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 whatever degree. I say, man, just skip the you know, skip recreating the ceremony because that's the important part, and that's done. Like, don't <laughs> you know, don't take away from what you've already done. Like, just just have a reception. We like, talk, we've talked about it. We've talked yeah, about every every reception. possible yeah. you know measure of, of what we can do for it too. But uh, we'll we'll get to that coming up in June. Uh, yeah. That was that was primarily what I did with my week. Um, you know, aside from uh, a couple of other things, working on with Vs for Villains. You know, um, but that's that was it. You know, I had a, a a very lightning fast but very productive week in my life. Fantastic. Goat, what'd you do? Uh, a bunch of recording. Um fish around for a day job getting bored so kind of looking for something to kill time with so i've been doing a little bit of job interviewing and and whatnot but nothing nothing anywhere near ponies or marriage <laughs> <laughs> uh i believe that unquestionably yeah. <laughs> he's um, been doing goat stuff yes yeah i saw that um i saw that uh that it looks like you're doing vocal tracks Yes. Awesome. Yes. And um, it, usually that's a sign that you're getting close to being done. Yes. It, awesome. <laughs> you one would think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so to bring the listeners into the music world for just a smidgen, all the music, like the instruments, that takes like a set amount of time. Mm-hmm. The vocals, just the vocals. We have one vocalist, mind you. One fucking vocalist. That <laughs> takes the same amount of time, if not longer, because the vocal is such a finicky instrument <laughs> and you get true. and you get things like today where i swear to god he said cadillac semen where <laughs> my god hopefully you guys put that he on a t-shirt but i'm like i don't care if it's in the song i just it's wanna... recorded though isn't it can't you just go back and play it back yeah, it sounds like cadillac semen oh, okay yeah. um, I, I, feel, I feel like this should be available to other people so that we can vote on this just change the band's name to cadillac semen <laughs> but we're not punk <laughs> That's true. That would yeah, be you are the wrong genre. Genre. No, soon, soon we're getting together a little snippet reel and kind of giving you know giving everybody a taste. Nice. So, so there should be something in the world soon. So between all of these things, what did you play this last week? Uh, two things, and two very different things. <laughs> and it's such a strange world I live in. So <laughs> I'm playing Batman: Arkham Knight, right? And it's it's getting better. I got past the point you guys said to get past, and I get the idea. And holy fuck. People need to get bells on in this goddamn game. Because every time I turn around, dude's in my face. And I'm like, ah! Back up, three feet. Just back <laughs> okay. the fuck up. <laughs> so so it's it's been out for a while. So um, we're just going to throw up a quick spoiler warning. If you haven't played um, Arkham, uh, Arkham Knight and you plan to and you don't want to be spoiled, skip ahead maybe like five minutes or so. Um, so you're, you're, And you should have skipped by now if you're planning on it. So you're talking about the Joker constantly popping up in your face. Everybody. I, so I find him and all of a sudden he's all like, hey. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, dude. It's like, calm down. Like, all right. <laughs> and, and it's the whole like, with the first time you turn around, he's like, Literally three centimeters from your face. Like, hey, I'm like, what? I have enough going on here. I don't need you right now. <laughs> and he's like, so what's going on? I'm like, this. <laughs> Arkham Knight is going to cause Goat to yeah. have a breakdown. I'm like, I'm, I'm teens busy, teens busy. So then we get through that and he's all hopping around, whatever like that. And I, I yelled at my TV like four times then, right? So then I get to, I get to, to, to GCPD, right? And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, all right. And I turn around and fucking, I'm, and then Batman's in my face and I'm Gordon. Like, I'm like, oh, what the hell is this weird thing? I turn around, here's Batman, three seven three years from my face, like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> like, common But are you enjoying the game more? Because last week, you weren't sold, man. You were, you were, you were saying you were going to have to force your way through I, it. The, the, my biggest complaint, like, when the story's going, it's great, and I'm in. I'm like, all right, this is making sense, this is good, this is good, this is good. Fucking tanks. 
Thanks. <laughs> a lot of people don't like the tanks, like, to be honest. And I liked yeah. them at first, too, but upon but uh, subsequent the Cobra playing, tanks, yeah. to be exact, if I'm... I, I don't want to play fucking chase the tank. Like, seriously, it, 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 it's a super tank, whatever. And you got to shoot it in, in the ass end. No, no joke here. You have to shoot the thing yep. in the ass end. Yep. And you have to chase it down and, and hide from it and all And I'm like, I could be doing so much more. Like, I don't know, like, progressing in the story. Like, Scarecrow's out doing some shit right now that yeah. really kind of is time pressing. Yeah. Chasing yep. these tanks around? Not on your not list. Productive. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, other than that, and, and, and they, they ramp you up, and then they knock you off the cliff to do tank stuff, and they ramp you back up, and they knock you off to do the tank stuff, and I'm like, skip tanks. Like, just skip the tanks and get to the damn story. Yeah. That's yeah. my biggest complaint right now. I, 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 I completely understand what you mean. I did enjoy, like, I, I, I went from enjoying to tolerating the tank parts. I, yeah. I, I never disliked it as much as you seem to, but... um. I I got down to tolerate, and that was about it. I, I'm with Charlie on that. Like, yeah. I see him as a side mission. Like, yeah, we've yeah, got 500 other yeah. side missions. Commando or Cobra tanks should be 501. There's enough shit over. If you want to go blow up tanks, knock yeah. yourself out, but don't put it in the middle of my like gripping story and in the most stupid places. It's a, it, it's like like it it, it 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 breaks the episodes up. But I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. Um, real, real quick pro tip, just because, uh, John, tell me if this is the same for you, but it took me a long time, actually near the end of the game, because one of the things you have to do if you're playing on, I, I'm sure you're not go, planning 100% in the game, but, um, just, uh, just at the very least to get them ice out of your grenades. way. What's up? Ice grenades. Not the ice grenades, although that's another good one. Um, what I was going to say is, um, that the, um, that the, the, the flying drones, the flying tanks, mm-hmm. like, like it just never even occurred to me to shoot them when I was in the Batmobile. Like, oh, I, it I, never occurred to me either. Really? How did you take them down? I flew up to them, got on them, and placed Batman, like the, the, the spray gel on it, explosive gel, oh, and jumped off of them and blew them up in the air. Oh, yeah. You, know, you just threw them from the tank. Fuck. Like, that's how that I was did. so much easier. <laughs> how did you not piece that together? I shoot anything and everything I possibly... I, I am pro Batmobile. <laughs> Dude, I have Americanized this game to the point where, like, it'll be like, oh, your 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 uh, your next uh, missions like thirteen meters around the corner. But I'm pretty sure that's how I they tell you in the game to do it. Is you got to get on them and, and blow them up. I think they there was a section where oh, it was like a little I screen think, tutorials. I think maybe you're right. I do sort of remember that. Yeah, happening that's why now. I did it that way because they didn't oh. imply you could yeah, do it any other way. The first time you run into them, you're, you got to jump on them and you got to pull the. Yeah, son of a bitch. I do remember that now. But, yeah, no, I just ended up shooting him with a gun. Yeah, I fully embrace the Batmobile. Like I said, if it's, if it's like your next objective is 13 meters around the corner, right? I call the Batmobile, get in, drive around the corner. Have you adja- adapted to the, the control sport? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've just. Like, I work with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which. It, at one point, I switched over to Forza for a quick minute just to get like a, a oh, pilot that cleanser, fucked right? you up, didn't it? Oh, wow. There, there's <laughs> some interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm like, not the same. I, I'm, like, I'm like hitting X to turn, and I'm like, and, and, and it's changing, changing views on me. It was, it was your same thing with Batman when you realized you, uh, when you flipped over to Assassin's Creed. Realized oh, you don't God. Yeah. Well, we went back to playing Grand Theft Auto V while I was playing Arkham Knight for a brief, or I did, rather. We didn't. I went back and played it online for a minute, and oh, my God. <laughs> the driving in Grand Theft Auto V after playing Arkham Knight, fuck me. Yep. <laughs> it was bad. I think, um, John, I think this was uh, before you joined the show, but I had one of my anecdotes that I was just referring to is um, I was playing um, uh, Assassin's Creed 3 mm-hmm. and Arkham City, I think it was. Origins. Uh, Origins. Origins at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And um, 
I uh, went to Assassin's Creed. I played. I was playing some Arkham Origins. I went to Assassin's Creed, and I went to jump and then glide off of a cliff, which of course you can't do in Assassin's Creed, oh, and I died. That so. is unfortunate <laughs> and heartbreaking. Uh, so he said two things. Yes. Um, the well, other one is polar opposite, um, and I'm stuck in that damn Frozen jewel. You still playing the Frozen game? <laughs> I'm almost a level, if not at level forty. Wow. It, it it's sucking my will, but it's working out great because like I'll get pissed off at tank time, and I'll <laughs> back out of that, and I'll just flip over because it's got lives, and it's basically like an Xbox One app. It has lives and all that stuff you can buy. Okay, oh, okay, you know, okay. all that. You know, like your normal phone game. So I'll back out of back out of tank time, jump into bejeweled time. You know, get de pissed off at tank time. I'm gonna, glad to hear that that being run, mad at tank time, you're able to find a way to let yeah, it go. go. Yeah, and then you know I'll get I'll run out of lives and, and frozen, and I'll come back to tank time. Charlie got it. <laughs> I'm not sorry. That's good. Oh god. So they're uh, working together. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. Charlie, um, Charlie what do you uh, well, um, I'm going to mention a game that we all sort of checked out today because that's pretty much the only game I have to talk about. So I'm going to go last. John, what did you play this last oh, week? That's right. um, I, uh, I got to play a few different things this week. Uh, even, even in the midst of marriage, my, my beautiful wife was patient enough with me to, uh, to, to allow me to squeeze in some game time. Um, I played uh, Amnesia, The Dark Descent, oh. um, which is... Um, the, the studio that makes this game uh, just had a, a game came, come out this last week called Soma that's getting great reviews and everybody is saying is like shit your pants scary. Oh, I didn't realize it was the same people. Yeah, same okay. same developer. Did you um, shit your pants? Frictional games. I, I Well, Amnesia is a little bit of an older game and I'm only about 45 minutes into it. I'm going to keep playing it because it is interesting. It, it seems to uh, not rely on jump scares as much as it does creating a sense of discomfort, which I appreciate the thoughtfulness sure. of. It's much harder to craft that kind of an environment, I think, than, than the... Uh, you know, jump scares. Um, I played um, a. I played Counter Strike Go. <laughs> I, I just felt like playing Counter Strike. I wanted to play first person shooter, something that was quick, very noncommittal. Also played a bunch of Titanfall every once in a while. You know, I go back to that. I just right. wanted to play quick, fast first person shooters. I get an itch for that every once in a while. It's like a. I, I, I refer to competitive like multiplayer first person shooter games as just non-committal gaming. Like you can play it for twenty minutes, get a fix out of it, and then walk away from it. Sure. Needed a bit of that. You see the bump. Yeah. 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 And then um, I I started playing um, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Oh okay. Um, on what platform? Uh, on the three sixty. Okay. I'm playing it on my three sixty. I I uh, have a digital copy of it. And I've been playing. Um, because I want to play Metal Gear Solid Five, and I've got an advocate on on two sides of the fence here with how I should approach Metal Gear Solid Five. Ryan on has all but completed Metal Gear Solid Five and insists that I do not need to play Peace Walker, but he has not played it. He said I am perfectly able to follow everything, and I had no problems with it, and got a tremendous amount of enjoyment out of it. And then I've got my brother on the other side who says. You don't have to play Portable Ops. You should play Portable Ops because it leads into Peace Walker. He said, but you don't need to play it in order to enjoy 5. But he, he strongly recommended to me that I play Peace Walker in order to enhance my enjoyment of Metal Gear Solid sure. 5. So out, for those of you out there not sure whether or not you should play it, um, I guess you don't have to play it in order to get enjoyment out of it, but it may help you understand a few things a bit better from what my brother says. Um, so I started playing it. I'm enjoying it. You can tell that it's a port of a PSP game, a really good port of a PSP game, a very ambitious PSP game, uh, original, original as well. I'm not talking PS Vita. I'm talking PSP. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they upscaled it. And, you know, good frame rate. Everything plays well. I mean, it's got like animatic cutscenes. You know, okay. That surprised me because you can interact with them. You know, you could, like there's some um, quick time event things that happen during cutscenes, oh. um, which which I did not expect. 
um, that factor into your sort of grade or rating and the overall level that you're playing in, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm only about uh, maybe about two hours into it. I'm enjoying it. It's Metal Gear all the way, man. I'm having fun with it. It's definitely not a full-fledged uh, console title type game, but I'm enjoying it, and I can see where it's going to fold into what I'm, I'm going to be playing Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, and uh, some more Mass Effect 2 with Megan. Um, we just finished the Shadow Broker DLC, which I did not play originally when it first came out. It was fucking awesome. Um, and then I think I think that was it for me, really. Just more Street Fighter on my 3DS. I also, um, I also got an opportunity to... Uh, to play a copy of uh, Galligan's Island, which is a game that we're going to be uh, talking about uh, later on in the show. Uh, we have an interview with uh, the creators of that game, um, Nick and Jonathan Cunningham. Um, they were kind enough to take some time out to talk to us about that, uh, and they were kind enough to send us a copy of the game and the soundtrack as well. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was. Uh, this is a game that was programmed by a, a 14-year-old uh, developer, and uh, quite well, I might add. It's a, a familiar play style, but it was really fun and snappy, and had some kind of neat ideas in it, kind of wacky art design, and uh, some some uh, very cool music that went along with it too. So I had a good time with that. Uh, but that was everything I had time to play this week. So on my side of things, um, <clears throat> I basically played two games. Uh, so I played. Um, I got in some time to actually play some more of Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm actually not as, as crazy about it as a lot of people seem to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I'm enjoying it. Like it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's overwhelming how big this world is and how much there is to do. Mm-hmm. And just, just the, the sheer scope of it all. What, what goat? You give me shit for that all the time. No, no, no. But this is this is this is so far and above. So, so I guess I understand where you're coming from a little bit. But this is so much farther and above any other game I've ever played before. <laughs> the um, just just the the metric ton, <laughs> multiple metric tons of stuff that there is to do and just keep track of and just like, you know, because it's like it's you take your 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 normal open world game. You add in like this this weird episodic mission system, which is cool, but still kind of weird. I've seen the credits like ten times now, um, and uh, and add in like resource management and development, like like it's an like it's like it's an XCOM game or something like that, and add in like just just so much. I mean, my God, um, can't say they don't give you your bang for your buck, though. No, uh, no, absolutely. I mean, like <laughs> there's 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 more to do in this game, like. I mean, I've played this game, I don't know, I've maybe probably put like 10 to 12 hours in a total or something like that. I am 3% of the way oh, yeah, through this yeah. game. My, my brother was sitting at 87% when I was watching him play it this past week, and he's got like 250 hours in Oh, my God. I, no. <laughs> yeah. And see, this is my problem. It's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned because I am concerned I'm going to have to walk away from this game at some point mm-hmm. because I don't want to still be playing this game a year from now. Well, uh, my understanding is a lot of it has to do with completing side content. And so the story portion of it does not take that extensive of a period of time to play well, through. Well, sure, sure. But, but it's, it's all the extra stuff. It's got that Witcher thing going on where like, okay. you, the game may be X amount of hours, and it may take a long time to finish. But completing it is several hundreds of hours worth yeah. of, of play. You know, I do. I, I am one of the people that did not mind you know, the long... Uh, cutscenes from like the previous Metal Gear games. Yeah, I so, don't either. Uh, I'm I'm missing that a bit. Like just the way that it's like broken up. It's um, it's 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 just a weird format. Disjointed, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. That's a good word for it. Um, but uh, but but I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm 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 still in it. Um, I just 
I need to f- I need to figure it out a little bit more. I think I actually watched a video in IGN about like some tactics that like like this is also one of those games where they don't tell you a lot. A lot of things you have to discover on your own or figure out or be told by somebody else. And so there's some tactics that uh, there's an IGN. It's like the top five things that Metal Gear Solid Five doesn't tell you that you need to know to do well in the game. And all five of those things is like, oh my god, yes, I had no makes, idea. Yeah, no idea whatsoever. Do you find that your lack of en- like sort of lack of enjoyment, while you're maybe not as enthusiastic about it uh, as others, do you find that that has to do with maybe not being as invested in the story because you're coming in at a point where there were things that came before it? Or are you understanding the story a little bit better because last week you weren't so sure? Uh, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, so I haven't played Portable Ops or Peace Walker. And so, you know, I've played the rest of the, you know, the core Metal Metal Gear Solid games. I played one, two, three, and four. Um, And, um, but I mean, really that's, that's it. Like I touched like VR missions and like a couple of the other like side games. Sure. Um, Actually come to think of it, I think I, I didn't even make it all the way through the end of three like just for whatever reason just that that game came at a weird time and I just well like, that I has a lot to do with what's going on though i under yeah which which i've i've come to understand and so between not getting the whole story of three and not playing portable ops and peace walker i'm not surprised i have no idea portable ops on. is is not essential though because i played portable okay. ops and it's not that it's it's kind of a shell game it's almost okay. like a side game it's okay. weird yeah. Um. But but yeah. Anyway. So so there's that. Um. But then the other game that we all played. Yes, we um, did. That um. And uh. Thank you for everybody that that peeked in on our Periscope stream. Um. That we had going on at the time where we were putting the portal together, which apparently we did at the wrong time. But whatever. Still fun doing it. Um. Is uh, Lego Dimensions. Uh. Re- was released today. I picked up the the core uh, set on Xbox One and also the uh, Portal Portal Two uh, expansion level pack. Um. And, uh, and yeah, so, uh, I brought it home and, um, and Goat came over and, uh, uh, John showed up a little bit, ha- like halfway through and basically, uh, we, uh, you can, I think you can go back and you can find previous, uh, uh, uh Periscope streams, correct? Goat? I think so. We'll okay. look into that. <laughs> okay. Um, at the very least, uh, we'll try and make it available through some other means or whatever. Cause it was, it was actually a really good time. We had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, but uh, so we assembled because it's a Lego set. We assembled the uh, the main portal, um, which uh, we found out later. Well, I'll get to that. Um, so we assembled the main portal, and then unfortunately we had to uh, then walk away from it because of the interview that uh, John mentioned we had scheduled. Uh, but then after the interview, we came back to the game. And we actually played a little bit of the game, and this game is crazy. It's so captivating. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 super engaging. Like now, I haven't played now. Go so. Okay, so so there are some points in the game where you actually have to shift around where your figures are on the portal because there's multiple spots where they can be sitting. Is has this been in like Skylanders, for example? No, that's an old new thing. Okay, so so okay, so very minor spoilers for like the first, like literally the first boss battle, which happens in like the first half hour of the game. Um, the first boss battle that you have is you fight the Wicked Witch of the West, yes, with from, Batman and Gandalf and, and Wild Style. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let that sink in. Yeah, um, this is yeah. So. Um, there's she casts a spell on on some of your characters. So so if you look at the portal, it's basically segmented into three sections. There's the main little section up on top where one where one little uh, minifigure can sit, and then there's two sections at the bottom, uh, each in an L shape that can each hold three figures. Um, so it's base it's there's three zones. Um, as you're playing. The Wicked Witch casts a spell on one of the sides of the portal, and you have to physically, with your actual real-world hand, reach out and move your figures to the other side of the board to get them released so that they're no longer, like, frozen by the character. Just the interactivity and just the, um, the, 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 the... John, what is the word you used before? Um, 
you you use a word that's perfect. That I'm struggling to find right now. It was um you, you uh, it was engaging. The, yeah, the, no, how, it's so engaging. And how engaging and and interactive the game was with the minifigures, the portal and everything. It's just so good. Um, well, then, and the interactivity doesn't stop there because you actually have to build. In the middle of the game, yeah, we found yeah. out. Oh, we, we, yeah, yeah, we came to a section where like a, we, we yeah. had to open up the package that Charlie had to build the Batmobile. They prompt you as part of the story in the game. They have Wild Style. You sit her in the center console because she's going to master build, <laughs> right? And her master building helps build the portal, and then you have to build the Batmobile because it got destroyed earlier on in the game. And you're literally you open up the package and pour the parts to your Batmobile out, and they have an in-game like instruction book yep. for that where you thumb through it with the thumbsticks. And Charlie built it in about five minutes, the Batmobile, and then it drops into the fucking game because it's got the reader on the bottom of yep. the Batmobile, and they were driving the Batmobile around like a little go-kart. It was so cool. Which, uh, by the way, um, Gandalf driving the Batmobile, I mean... The that, best. That was worth $100 right there. The yeah. best. <laughs> and the thing that it is, is the game, we, we only played maybe, what, the first 30 minutes yeah, of it? Yeah, something like that. So fucking charming. Yes. It was so charming. Like, if you liked the Lego movie, more of that. Yes, it was that style of of smart and that, and they got most of the cast, the actual cast, to come back yep. and do like this. Yep. If you look at the credits for this game, the voiceover cast is humongous. I don't know if there's ever been this many stars in one video the, game. The entire cast of Back to the Future came back to reprise yep. their roles. Um, uh, yeah, all of the cast of the Lego Movie, like John said, and just just multiple others. Um, and just if you, if you haven't been paying attention to this and you're just and you're 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 entering the zone that I think all three of us hit today, where it was just like, wait, all of this is in this game, really? Oh my god! Because it's like we were we were aware of it, but it had I, maybe it just hadn't like set in. But there's there's Scooby Doo, there's Ghostbusters, there's Simpsons, there's Doctor Who, Wizard of Oz, there's Wizard of Oz, there's uh, I mean like Lego's own properties with the the the, the I think like the Bionics and the Chimera or whatever it is. Um, and uh, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, just like the, the the characters and the properties, and just like at some point, you're going to be able to have like Homer Simpson on screen with Marty McFly and uh, and and the the, the the shell from Portal Two, and you know, just driving around like you know the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Some of the just, biggest like, like my licensing crossover in, in, I think I've ever seen in anything. in Middle Earth. In Middle in Earth. Middle Earth. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The first uh, twenty minutes of the game, you see so many things that break your brain on a geek <laughs> level that it's it's actually kind of makes you giddy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really really good. Um, and uh, our sentiments are, uh, from what we've seen, have been echoed by the reviews. Reviews have been very positive from what what we've seen. I believe the game has around about an eighty five average on Metacritic, yeah, which is yeah. pretty good. I'd like to say that Lego pulled an apple here. They waited, watched everybody else do it. Oh yeah, and just. Knocked out of the ball. Yeah. Look, for anybody that, that didn't hear last week's episode of the show, go back and listen to it. We talked about the, this being released as part of new releases last week, and I, I wasn't terribly sold on this. I've never been a big fan of buying all the little, like, you know, collectible toy and, and you know, like, chip reader games and stuff. Even though I think they're really neat, they're just a crazy investment. And we played it, and now I fucking want it, and it's unfortunate for me. Because tell them how much it costs, Charlie. Yeah, so, so speaking of investments. Um, so I believe uh, Kotaku did the breakdown, and um, I believe that they said that uh, to buy... Every single Lego Dimensions product that came out today, uh, today being Sunday, September 27th, um, that it costs in the ballpark of, I believe they said $485. That's, to be clear, that's not the core set, though. No, that's every single Lego Dimensions branded product. So the core set is $99.99, uh, you know, $100. Bucks. 
Um, and then there are level kits, which I believe are 30. There are, uh, and then there, 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 there's like, we, we talked about this, I think previously, um, that there is are three or four different kinds of expansion packs. Some of them are level kits that have like whole like levels. Some of them are just like, uh, you know, like a one or two, just minifig characters, um, that I think are like 10 or 15 bucks. Um, they're like adventure kits that are like three or four characters together, which with some kind of additional content for like 25. So that there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can spend money on this game and to buy all of it. Like I say, just shy of five hundred bucks. Um, a hundred of that is just the just the core game. Now, Best Buy should be sending us a check pretty soon here because uh, <laughs> I, I, we we keep on talking about their Players Club Unlock program, but I can't help it because it's so good. It's it's you get twenty percent off of new releases. So this hundred dollar game only cost me eighty, and it also counts for the uh, like the game accessory content. So the the the, the thirty dollar um, uh, Portal Two level pack that I bought only cost me twenty four. I mean, it paid for itself right there, and I've, it's already paid for itself multiple times over. I just, oh, yeah. I can't recommend this. This, I, I, I never in a million years thought I would be promoting something Best Buy related. Buy two games at full retail price, and the membership pays for itself. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So Best Buy, we're expecting your check in the mail pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, just, just, just give us all the Lego dimensions. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yes. triplicate. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Um, or just the one for me. That's fine too. Um, <laughs> Wait a but, minute. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was everything that uh, I played this week. And now that you know what uh, we did this last week in video gaming, let's see what the industry did this last week in video gaming. All right, let's kick this week's news roundup off at number five. An update for Windows is rendering many older game disks unusable. So Microsoft has released a security update for Microsoft Vista. The uh, Vista wait, Seven. Wait. <laughs> oh, I'm already laughing. I know for uh, Vista Seven and Eight that will stop game disks that use Safe Disk DRM from working. So this is already the case for Windows 10, which also doesn't support disks running Securom, but these games were previously still usable on systems running older versions of Windows. It has been a while since games have used this form of DRM, but still could present a problem for anyone with a large collection of PC games, like myself, uh, PC game disks that they'd like to keep using. There is a way around this, though. If you want to run a game that isn't working, the method is outlined in Microsoft's support page for the update, but... A lot of people out there still have big PC game collections. I have a huge on-disc PC game collection, and I find that every year that goes by, there's a certain percentage of my gaming library that is is rendered unusable as time passes. It's very frustrating because I know that the inevitable follow-up to that is, we'll make it available digitally, and you can just buy it again. Yeah, uh, this doesn't surprise me too much. Um, Securom was crap. Like, yeah. it was It was really, really, really bad DRM, and so I'm not... I'm not, you know, when, when, when pretty much everybody agreed to stop using it, um, this was sort of coming. I'm not really surprised. Uh, it sucks. Um, and I'm glad that they have a workaround so that, uh, you know, that there's a way that people will still be able to enjoy their games that they paid good money for. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunate, but more, more than anything, a uh, warning to those of you out there that may have a lot of on-disc stuff, uh, either, either keep a, a rig lying around that has, uh, you know, a, a, a version of Windows that you're not going to update. Uh, to this this version, um, or 
prepare to lose your games, man. I don't know what to tell or you. Or you can do the walk. You can do the workaround, right? Yeah, yeah it's a pain yeah, in the so ass, but there well, is a yeah. workaround. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I looked into it, and uh, it, it requires a little bit of your time. It's not a massive, massive problem, but it is going to take a little bit of time for you to get in there and do. You it could somehow. also probably, if you haven't gotten this update yet, like if you, I mean, let me be clear. You should, if you're a Windows user, you should have automatic updates turned on because re, because many many reasons. But you could try and um, find out what the uh, what the knowledge base number is for this particular update and decline it before it's been installed uh and then that way maybe maybe you might be able to save yourself a little bit of a headache um so yeah see you know what one of the best parts about uh about this show is is not only is the podcast itself free but you get free it information from charlie it's not, free recommendations it's not, hang on hang on it's not free every single person that heard that is getting a bill <laughs> <laughs> surprise uh, you didn't know what you were signing up for when you downloaded this week's episode i kid I surprise kid. motherfucker <laughs> All right, scooting on to number four this week. Bungie says it knew Destiny's leveling system was flawed from the onset. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> In a new interview this week, Destiny the Taken King creator, uh, creative director Luke Smith talked about some of the challenges that the shooter faced in its first year. Specifically, he acknowledged that Destiny's original leveling system was flawed right from the day the game launched in September 2014. Uh, Smith originally told Kotaku as part of a wide-ranging interview that Bungie started working on the new leveling system that would be introduced in The Taken King, which just came out this past week, um, as early as September or October of 2014. They started working on the new <laughs> leveling system when the fucking game launched. Uh, he was quoted as saying, "The original light system, when that went out the door, we were not thrilled with it." Smith said, "We knew that when, we knew that when it went out the door that we were going to be we were going to need to revise it." So that work basically began in earnest, probably September or October of 2014. We'd already started to work on a new proposal, the proposal that would become uh, Light 2.0. That's in the game now. We were working on that as early as last fall. So let me get this straight. You shipped the game knowing that the fucking leveling system was trash just so you could turn it around and put it into a, a, a DLC pack a year later? Come on, Business, man. John. Business. Business, my flaming asshole. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, Smith and his dev team uh, devised the new leveling proposal that would eventually be delivered in this month's Taken King expansion, but it couldn't be implemented in, in the game until now due to some compatibility issues with previous expansions, The Dark Below and House of Wolves. I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah, what does that even mean? Well, he kind of tries to break it down a little bit here by saying, we had to look at the DLC and D- DLC 1 and DLC 2 packs and say, okay, well, how can, how can those two DLCs um, uh, up to allowing for this leveling pivot if they were to change it? Uh, so in DLC 2, that's why you see the introduction of the etheric light mechanic because we were trying to get players to converge quickly at a single common level because we knew where we were going to take them next. Why don't you guys just say what you don't want to say, which is we charged you for on-disc content as full-price DLC packs, which is why we couldn't fucking change it until we created content that wasn't actually on the disc. Just say that. Don't be condescending. Just say it. So I'm going to be I'm I'm going to play um a devil's advocate for as a you are here. wont to do. Yeah, I I am actually one of the people that doesn't have a problem with um, I, I may have complained about it in the past, but uh, I've come around and I, I'm actually okay with the whole, like, you know, a lot of people have a problem with like, you know, if, if content is on the disc and just like locked under, for, you know, for some reason and then being unlocked later, I'm okay with that actually, because the fact that it's on the disc, I mean, because keep in mind, we are talking about licensing and, um, you know, when, when you buy a game, you're not buying the game, you're buying a license to the game. And then, you know, whether or not, whether you like it or not, that's, that's unfortunately the, uh, the reality of the situation. And so, you know, if, if, 
the fact is you're not being lied to. It's it's you're you're being told here's the game, here's what you're getting, and here's how much you're paying for it. And when you go into the store and you buy that, you have gotten exactly what you were told you're going to be getting. The fact that there was more stuff on that disc than they told you was on the disc does not change that formula for me. Mm. It's, it's it just seems dishonest to me. It, it seems it seems like they're charging you they're charging you for something. They're parting out a game that they could have made a full fledged, full featured thing. And charging, but the, it's the price that bothers me. If these were five or six or eight dollar well, expansions, that's a different twenty dollar expansions. Sure. Yeah, the, the the Destiny expansions grossly are overpriced. way overpriced. I completely agree with that's that. That's what bothers me. I'm, I'm just referring to the just the concept of on disc DLC, sure. so to speak. Um, you know, it's uh, you you when you when you buy a game that has locked disc content, you know, you you still have gotten what you agreed to pay for. Yeah. That you know, it's the fact that it's on the disc as opposed to being downloaded from a server, and you're going to pay more for it. I mean, like you—that's a choice that you can make, and you can make it or not. That, that's just—that's just my viewpoint on the matter. Thoughts, go. I'm okay with it. Like, <clears throat> I'm surprised John's all up in arms about it because at the end of the day, when you buy the DLC, you have the disc version physically in your hands. Yeah. You yeah, will never actually, lose that. That's a good thing. You will never lose <laughs> that content. It is physically locked onto your disc. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I really want to get into it and play the next version of it because everybody says it's great, but the big argument everybody has with Taken King is it's essentially the game that should have... It is finally the finished version of the game that should have launched when the game came out a year ago that everyone's saying you had to wait for and pay extra for. That's a $40 expansion, you know, and uh, that $40 expansion that does not produce a tremendous amount of content outside of the story mode, which is only about four hours long. Well, so I so don't know. Give we'll it, see. give it six months, and you can buy the, um, you know, buy it on sale for twenty bucks. And hopefully, so we'll see. Um, for those of you that may be interested, though, Kotaku's uh, original art of, article and interview uh, that they did with Smith is available. Um, they have an, uh, an audio version of this link. It's apparently kind of a long interview. So if anybody wants to check that out, you can go to Kotaku and find that article. Should be no problem for you to look it up. Um, going on to number three this week um sony says that the climate is not healthy for playstation vita successor i yeah go ahead laugh no no oh please please john continue with the story why you ask <laughs> why no, john no one because of quote huge dominance of mobile gaming yes that's the reason Clearly, must be the reason. You know, no. I'm sure that that, that Nintendo a... is, is 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 taking the same approach with the massively successful 3ds. <laughs> new 3ds. That's right, wow. new 3ds. Uh, don't hold your breath for a PlayStation Vita successor, so says Shuei Yoshida, president of Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Um, Yoshida was quizzed on Sony's plans for a gaming handheld during a Q and A portion of his just-finished uh, EGX 2015 developer session. Uh, the affable ex, uh, or exec replied that he and the rest of his team had enjoyed working on Vita, but that the rise of smartphone gaming had created an unhealthy climate in which to launch a successor. He was quoted as saying, That's a tough question, he replied. When, you asked, about, uh, when asked about PlayStation Vita 2, people have mobile phones. It's so easy to play games on smartphones, Yoshida said, and many games on smartphones are free or free to start. I myself am a huge fan of the PlayStation Vita, and we worked really hard on designing every aspect. Touch-based games are fun. There are many games with really good design, but having sticks and buttons makes things totally different. So I hope, like many of you, that this culture... I, I don't... I think he's just... I think he's vamping, man. So I hope, like many of you, this, uh, this culture of playing portable games continues, but the climate is not healthy for now because of the huge dominance of mobile gaming. PlayStation Vita originally launched in Japan back in December 2011, and then in Europe during February of 2012. Um, handheld continues to sell fairly well in Japan, although sales 
pretty much everywhere else in the world have slowed to a trickle. Um, both Sony's Vita and Nintendo's 3DS have sold less than the handheld machines that preceded them. Um, or develop some actual games for the system. People will buy a system for yeah. with, with good apps on it, man. Good games. There's no killer app for the Vita. There's not really much. They tried at the outset with like Uncharted and mm-hmm. God of War, and then that was kind of it, man. Yep. There's really nothing to justify buying a Vita other than for, as my brother says regularly, being able to stream his PlayStation. We were when we were in Minneapolis three weeks ago. He was playing Metal Gear Solid Five in the hotel room through his PlayStation Four at home. Oh my God! Really? Yes. What you was can the lag use like? It almost nil. Really? Yep. Because he was wow. connected to a, a good, strong Wi-Fi connection. Wow. Well, yeah. that's 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 impressive. But, that's um, the only reason he uses it anymore. Honestly, I mean, I mean, he he did espouse the joys of playing DC Universe online while he poops. <laughs> um, that's more information than I needed. Um, yeah, people, gamers will go where the content is. Yeah. Um, and the fact that your system hasn't sold is there. There's one reason for that. Like John just said, there's just no content. I've had a lot of hands-on time with the Vita, too. My brother owned it. He would let me borrow it for weeks on end just to play whatever games were coming out that I really wanted to enjoy. And um, hardware's solid. There's nothing wrong with the hardware, although I think their their operating system is really weird and looks uh, oddly out of date visually. Oh, the, the, the bubble the, like, interface. Bubbles. Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, it's a really solid piece of hardware. There's nothing wrong with the hardware. It's the fucking lack of software, or as we're always joking about every week, the... Like turbo, like long Asian titles that are always coming out on these strange ports. Yeah, let, let, let's be very clear, Sony. You cannot make up for a quantity of games with quantity of names and words in the game titles. It just doesn't work that way. Nope, not at all. Well, hopefully they come up with like maybe there'll be a stopgap later where they can the the climate will change. I.e., they'll start being creative and <laughs> do something with another handheld system. I don't think yeah. I don't want to count Sony out in that regard, but I can see why they don't want to make another one right now. Well, I mean, this is the second one, anyways. The, the PSP had no catalog either. PSP started off a lot stronger, got yeah, a lot but, more support, yeah. and had a longer life than this one's having. Yeah, I don't know anybody that ever talks anything about Vita these days. No, no. There, there, there's a few, um, but yeah, definitely the, uh, the niche. The niche gamers. Yeah. Yeah, and people who are just completely all in on Sony, I think, is what it is. Oh, yeah, Team Blue guys. I also I also expect this to be the beginning of the waving of the flag for the Vita 2. If they're saying this out loud, then my guess is whatever support the system gets yeah, not going to be long Yeah, uh, any developers that were thinking about making a Vita game aren't anymore. Oh, yeah, that's the so, problem. Yeah. Yikes. Rest in peace, Sweet Which Prince. Means I will run out and get one pretty soon then at the... $150 <laughs> clearance sale tag. Yeah, dude, I'll rock one at 50 bucks. You can already find him at that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, um, that's rough. Yeah, so uh, Gamerhead Radio Vita Death, Death Watch starts now. <laughs> that's right. All right, sad times at number two. Uh, maybe-ish in one way and not so much in another. Gameloft Shutter Seattle Studio. Uh, mobile publisher makes its eighth studio shutdown of 2015. Uh, this one less than a year after opening it. The studio hasn't even been open a year. It's really unfortunate these people are going to lose their jobs. But uh, this is this is kind of an example of uh, mobile gaming studios kind of doing what Zynga did years ago, mm-hmm. where they start getting some traction, and they balloon and explode in size and realize they were big, too big for their britches. Yep. Starting to happen. And this is something that I think we have, we've talked about on the show, about the eventual... Um, 
sort of a, a bursting bubble of the the mobile gaming world with uh, with how many people are in the game and doing what they're doing. So uh, game game lofts cost cutting efforts continue unabated. Uh, Gama Sutra is reporting that the mobile publisher has closed its Seattle development studio, which could be the eighth such closure the company has had this year in 2015. The report mentions multiple sources of whom estimated that 15 people were laid off. Uh, Seattle studio manager Michael Fitch has updated his LinkedIn profile to indicate his tenure with the company ended this month. Um, the Seattle location was first established in November of last year. So, I mean, they made it 10 months. It's a brand new studio, or at least a brand new branch of the studio. Uh, earlier this month, Gameloft CEO Michael Guillemot said that uh, up until that point, seven studio closures of 2015 were part of what they were calling, quote, an ambitious cost reduction program for the company gameloft's corporate website still lists about 50 offices worldwide among them seattle and other reported uh, reportedly closed locations like new york city and tokyo um you know at the time that this article was done uh, gameloft could not be reached um for a comment during press time sad man 15 people out of the job um what's to be expected with uh with something like mobile gaming with as as i don't want to call it maybe bold as they're trying to be in their growth expansion efforts, it's reckless. I think it's the right word. There you go. That's the right one. Um, you go. You seem unfazed by this news. It, it happens. Like, I'm not shocked. Yeah, and I don't know if those people have lost their jobs. It sounds like they're just like they might just be getting the thing back. Who needs 50 offices for one? Let's start for there. mobile games and mobile games yeah. that are just kind of okay. Like not even that. Yeah. Like buy a bigger building. Like seriously. Like if, <laughs> if you need 50 offices. Buy a building with a parking garage. Game that size is building. Like, and put everybody in the same building. What are they? One of like maybe maybe ten or less mobile gaming studios that most people can like. Oh, Game Lofts. I've played yeah. Game Loft games. Like it's them and Rovio and um, you know Zynga, Zynga mm-hmm. Netmarble. Um, like there's you know yep. maybe shit not even ten you know yeah. mobile mobile development studios that you can name and you know who they are and what they did and what they made. Yep. Um, so it's not like they're not a big name in that world, but my God, man, 50 game studios yeah, and sounds, eight closures in a single year. That's it, it sounds like they did a whole bunch of like satellite fucking like, Oh, Hey, you know, there's, there's a, there's a spot here. Let's uh, put 10 guys here. Let's put 20 guys there. Let's, you know, and they just spread them out everywhere where we're open for lease sign was. Yeah, do we have, um, uh, d- pardon, uh, pardon me if you mentioned this, John, but do we have the history of this studio? Like, did they did they even get a game out? Was it a studio that they bought, or did they found it? Like, do you know? They did not. They did not state okay. uh, whether it was an, an they acquired an existing studio or whether or not they built a new one and opened it for for whatever purpose. There was no discussion of that in this article. Because that's the thing. This may be all these studios may be other studios that they picked up, like acquisitions. Yeah, acquires. Well, but what they yeah. do say if you if you check the wording of the studio, or, or I'm sorry, the wording of the article. It does say this studio opened in in November of last year, so that could mean opened yeah. brand new, or that could mean we acquired the studio, renamed it, and reopened it. Right? Yeah, it opened as Game Loft. Yeah, right. yeah. It it's really kind of hard to say because yeah. it, it almost does sound like fifty studios might be smarter to buy little, you know, the smaller guys and and, and acquire little guys and then roll that talent into your, you know, your pool. But hard to say either way, man. This this may this is one of those examples of. Something that's a, a burgeoning, you know, I joke around and I say it all the time on the show, but like a, a California gold rush happens with different technologies. YouTube did it and, you know, uh, mobile gaming's doing it. And kind of always these early front runners seem to be some of the first ones to go bust, you know. Well, 
it's um you know it's 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 the it's, it's the whole scenario of a lot of times the leaders are the are the first ones to get shot. So yeah, yeah. that's true, man. You do all the learning for everybody else to come in behind you and pick yeah. up the pieces. Well, hopefully the ones that pick up the pieces, if things like this continue to happen, are a little more responsible with it when it uh, when it comes to pass. All right, fellas, moving on to number one for the week. Uh, respected game analyst Michael Pactor says this is the last real console cycle. So uh, Wedbush Securities analyst Michael Pactor has signaled the end of the console era as we know it, reasoning that the console installed base is as big as it's ever going to get. Um, for those of you who don't know who Michael Pactor is, um, he's been pre- he's been making predictions, fairly accurate, or at least mm-hmm. more accurate game predictions um, for the, the gaming industry for, I'd say, about the better part of the last 10 years now. 2005, 2006 is when I, I think I remember first seeing his name pop up regularly. Um, and, and while he hasn't been as active or as prominent in the last couple of years, when he does speak up, people have a tendency to listen because the guy usually does predict at least fairly close to on the money with certain things. Uh, he believes that the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Wii U won't eclipse the installed base achieved by PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii U, the result being that there will this will be the last real console cycle, as he's quoted as saying. He went on to say, the console installed base is as big as it's ever going to get. Uh, and he did this at Dice in Europe. Um, this generation is not going to be bigger than the last generation, and we're about we're going to about this be about the see to be about the same. He says the Wii U is going to sell 20 million units compared to 100 million for the Wii. The PlayStation 4 is going to sell 120 uh, million or 130 million units, and that's great. And the Xbox One will sell 100 to 110 million. That's also great. Uh, add it all together, and that's 260 million units. Uh, maybe in the last cycle was 270. With more consumers worldwide playing games than ever before, Pactor sees the requirement of purchasing a console as a factor that is limiting the games industry's growth. This is the last real console cycle, and I don't mean that, that Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo will go bankrupt and shut down. They won't. Each of them will make another console. Some people will buy them, and the next console cycle will be, will, uh, will be to do this console cycle with the 3DS as the DS. Uh, 3DS is selling about 15 million units a year. The DS has had uh, five consecutive years where it's sold more than 26 million, so about half as big. So when I say that this console cycle is the last console cycle, the reason I s- is, is that console games shouldn't require a console, and I'm not talking about the cloud. Um, in their place, Pactor believes that it will become standard that consumers own a device complete with CPU, GPU, storage, controller, and display that connects with their television, with hardware now sophisticated enough, more affordable devices such as Apple TV or Fire will become the norm in living rooms, removing the requirement and larger costs associated with purchasing a console. And he says, what happens when you lower the entry so nobody else has to buy a console? Pactor asked. If Activision sells 20 million copies of Call of Duty to people with a console, how many people would buy it who don't have a console? I'm guessing 20 million more. To make it easier for the Europeans in the room, how many more people would play FIFA if a console wasn't required? Another 20 million. How about uh, how many people would play Grand Theft Auto if you didn't need a console? 100 million. It's crazy numbers. This just makes so much sense. It's, it is going to happen. There's a market of probably several million people who would never buy a console to play a game, but would buy, absolutely buy the game if they didn't need the console. This would see consumers required to subscribe to services such as EA Access, allowing to transition their spending habits into models similar to streaming services such as Netflix. 
There's plenty of 30 or 40-somethings who would like to play FIFA or Call of Duty, but they can't, he continued. They're not going to buy a console for one game, and I'd say it's true of every single console game made. There's a market of probably several million people who would never buy a console to play the game, but would absolutely buy the game again without the console. He closed in saying, I think the traditional gamer market, which has high standards, does broaden. Um, but the only way you actually see a step function change in that is to pull the console out of the equation and make it open to people who can't afford or won't buy the console. I think the shift to full game digital downloads, uh, where everybody has the opportunity to play a game without having to invest three or $400, is a huge opportunity. It's an opportunity for everyone in the value chain, except the retailer and maybe the console manufacturer. Um, what do you guys think? Does, does what he's saying make sense to you in, in the current climate, or is he, uh, is he shooting uh, left of the mark? Yeah, it makes complete sense because look at how many people play. Like, look at Angry Birds is a great example. Mm-hmm. They, 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 because people all have a phone in their hand, they have access to Angry Birds. It became sure. massive because you already have the council in quotes. Like if they would put Grand Theft Auto on like an open service like that, it would sell ridiculous numbers again, even after it's already sold ridiculous numbers. Charlie, what do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, it's, you know, it's I, when I, I when I read the headline, I was like, I, I did not, I, I took it a different way than than he meant, and I thought he was saying that like, you know, that that like the PS4 and the Xbox One will be like the last consoles, and like they're powerful enough to do it when we don't need to come out with new ones, which clearly is not what he what he was saying. So mm-hmm, now, now that mm-hmm. you, now that you've you know described it, uh, yeah. It, uh, it makes perfect sense. I mean, like, you know, the set-top boxes. I mean, we were talking about the Apple TV a couple episodes ago, and just with its capabilities and its horsepower, I mean, like, it, no, it's no PS4 or Xbox One, but, I mean, it's probably pretty close to the original hardware of the 360. I mean, like, it's probably kind of sort of near that. I mean, like, and, um, you know, with... Uh, with I mean, we, we, we almost have already seen the end, I think, of dedicated game consoles because every game console is also a set-top box and in, in mm-hmm. terms of like you know be having plex and netflix and youtube and the internet browser and just whatever everybody's else in there. the race to unify yeah absolutely yeah. everybody wants to be the one box that does everything mm-hmm. which um you know in, in in some equations doesn't make sense but in this particular equation when it's the box is sitting on top of your tv it makes all the sense in the world i mean i would I would love to have a box that does both airplay and chromecast which does not exist to my knowledge yeah, yeah. um and that particular combination may never happen. That's not the point. Um, you know, the... Uh, what? I'd love to have a box that I can get my PS4 exclusives and my Xbox games on. Like, just a game. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think there's there's still always going to be competition between companies and studios like that. I mean, like pretty much like he said, like, you know, Microsoft and Sony will probably come out with some, some additional box, and hopefully Nintendo as well. Um, but, um, you know, it's... Uh, but I, 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 what he's saying about the console base not growing anymore, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I guess I can see that to a point. I mean, like, I I've, have a little bit of a hard time getting on board with that particular statistic because, I mean, like, the population's growing. There's more people, I, you know. Well, and also, uh, the, the one thing, I think he's right um, about almost all of that stuff as well, but mm-hmm. there are two things that I don't think he's factoring into. Um, he's factoring into this. Okay. Console gamers, as opposed to PC gamers, who essentially kind of do what he's talking about right now, where it's all in one place on Steam and it's available, oh, and sure. you just got it's just there, kind of on demand. It's massive install base for PC gamers, um, but that community just kind of picks and chooses what it wants, and, and then that's that, and that works out fine, and everybody wins, everybody's happy. But what I don't think he's factoring in is that console gamers have the option 
to play on the PC primarily or whatever other means they choose, but console gamers choose to play on consoles because they love the culture and history of console gaming. Do you think that do you think that there may be that sort of section of the market that will try and fight to keep that alive? Maybe a small one, but I mean anybody who has that ingrained like anybody who has that that legacy, you know, and just that heritage like built into like what what their idea of gaming mm-hmm. is, I think is being phased out as we speak. Sure, sure. You know, a lot of those people are growing out of it, frankly, and which is disappointing to say. I'm I'm happy to say that the three of us are not amongst them. Yeah, sure, sure. It's, I'm fighting against it. I swear. No, it, but but you're <laughs> you're not wrong about that. My brother and I had a conversation, as we often do. I say every week. My brother and I had a conversation, and we did. Uh, <laughs> not not three days ago, about my brother's firm belief that that console gaming as we know it is going to end in the next five to ten years, and for good reason. And it's because the console gaming community is very close minded, and they don't like to let people into their their bubble. That's my brother's take. I don't completely agree with that, but I understand what he's saying. Yeah. Um. What. What I do think though is is that. I think that console gaming could and and probably should still exist the way that we've known it. But the difference between, let's say, right now, I like to think that the era we're living in is the sort of Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era where, like, these are our dominant superpowers in the gaming world, the console gaming world. Everybody fucking knows who they are. This is what they do. And then out of nowhere comes the Sony PlayStation and completely fucking changes the game entirely. Mm. Or the Nintendo 64, like right into that era, right as the, the PlayStation became a thing. Nobody's, I remember everybody kind of made fun of the PlayStation when it was launched. And we're like, yeah, yeah but, but fucking Nintendo and Sega, though. And then it just pulled the rug out from under everybody's feet. The thing is, is we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, that's true. You know, Microsoft and Sony. Do you think Sony, we still can? Yeah, I think if somebody makes a good enough technology, a different enough technology, defines it, redefines it, takes something that exists and blows the the lid off of it, fuck yeah, man. I Honestly, I think people are waiting. For, I think gamers, people who love games, we're all waiting for that. I think everybody's sufficiently pleased with the way things are going in the current console cycle, but you have to be able to admit that at the time that the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 were announced... Their hardware specs were shown off, and their graphical capabilities were shown off. Immediately, most people's reactions were, this is barely a fucking leap forward from what we're used to, because you're used to such an exponential leap in graphics and presentation, and it it was always next-level shit. And this is like... This was like halfway to the next level shit. And now we're starting to see a little more horsepower pulled out of them. But we're not getting the same leaps in terms of technology that we usually get between consoles. And I think if somebody made something that just blew the hair off everyone's heads, it would completely revitalize console sales. You make something that nobody else has that really is pushing the envelope. That's the problem. No one's pushing the envelope anymore. Well, yeah. And and to, to add to John... There was there was a one point where this little weird Xbox came out and everybody's yeah. like, "Why is Microsoft yeah. making a console?" Yep. And now yeah. they're like kingpin. Microsoft and <laughs> yep. Sony were the underdogs at a point, you know, we yeah. in, in the gaming world, anyways, you yeah. know. And I mean, but that leads back into my question, though, is because you know Sony and Microsoft at the time when the original PlayStation, the original Xbox came out. They were, you know, still are, but, you know, they were huge electronic superpowers. Like they had sort of the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the brand recognition and the resources and the connections and just everything that you need to make something like that happen. Who is left to do that? I mean, like it's uh, go, go. You have an idea. Yeah. The only person who could possibly do it, which would be Google. Google tried with the Android TV. It didn't really work out for them. Yep. Yeah. But, but, but in the way but, in the gaming, though, you know. 
So, yeah, well, I mean, they Google or, tried to do what the Apple TV is now doing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Google may may make a third attempt because first attempt was Google TV failed. Second attempt was Android TV. It's it's hanging in there, but it's not. I would not call it a, as a, a success as much as I would mm. like to. Um, I mean, I'm still rocking two Google TV boxes. I mean, sure, like, sure. I, I love Google TV. Um, I, I'm like one of three, but <laughs> um, the other two guys work for the company. Yeah, probably. Um, the uh, but so I, I don't. I think you know if if if. I think Apple is one of the main, one of the big elect, one of the big companies that's left that has a shot of doing this, and so it's possible that the Apple TV, it's not going to be pushing the envelope like from a like a like a like a technology and hardware. But that's standpoint. what I'm talking about. Yeah. though, is you're talking about about primarily television first streaming devices that feature gaming components. I'm talking about somebody coming out of left field with a gaming machine that does all the other stuff Who's, but blows the fucking that's the point is yeah. who who could i mean right. there are a bunch of companies that have the capital to do it whether or not they ever fucking would or will i mean that's why i find steam machines so disappointing look at look at like valve had the money valve has the money to do it something's not organized over there and no, they're not going to do it it's not a matter of it not being organized you know? it's a matter of them refusing to do windows that's yeah. that's that's what it's all about you know? like it's um you know it's uh you know, it's you know, Gabe is you know, Gabe Newell has talked about his hatred of Windows more times than I can count, and yeah. so it's just you're you're never going to see. Well, never say never, but you're never going to see a yeah. a Windows Steam machine. They uh, have not the an capital. Amazon has the capital, yeah. and I know they've already got like you know the the Fire TV and and you know all these other things out there. But I'm talking again. I'm not talking about the TV boxes. I'm right. talking about companies that have the money to do this. Apple, uh, Amazon, Google. Um, yeah, Amazon might be a forerunner though, because we keep forgetting they have double helix in their back pocket. Well, they've they've got a whole gaming division, you know. But I yeah, I, I yeah. think their their browbeating <laughs> employment problems may be an issue there. Well, there there's that, and then there's the fact. I mean, like we you only know, talked about the new Amazon Fire TV. You know that that's that you know the gaming centric package that they're coming out with that has a controller in the box and everything. It's it's a hundred and forty nine dollar set top box that can play Android games. I mean, yeah, like, it's not but it's Android not, games. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the Android, you know, Android and iOS both have decent content on their platform. Sure. So I don't think that that's a negative, but it's like you said, John, it's not what you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. not the revolutionary yeah. answer to this problem. Everybody unquote, is putting about. gaming on their 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 current platforms as an afterthought. Yeah, and they're focusing on mobile gaming. Yep. Um, I'm talking about something for gamers that is going to blow the doors off of it in such a way that everybody's going to want to buy one. The way that the PlayStation did, and you know, all the way up to, and currently now the PlayStation Four, even though the numbers aren't what they used to be. Yeah. I'm just, I just want that. I would love to have that again. You know, I don't know if it'll ever happen. You know, maybe he's right and it's just gonna go away. But, you know, I'm telling you, if somebody, if somebody scraped their resources together and did that, though, you know, if you build it, they will come. Well, but so then, then there's the other component that we haven't talked about in this conversation is, is then this company would also have the have to have the the. the frankly, the raw willpower to convince developers to get on board, too. Developers are already having a hard time cross-platting their game between all the current options. Adding another one into the mix, I think, is... is I don't know, man. I don't know. Fair enough. I can, I can cross my fingers and hope. That's yep. maybe just about it. Having said that, let's go ahead and uh, move on to our feature for the week. Speaking of developers making games. Mm-hmm. So 
this week's feature, we sat down with uh, Nick and Jonathan from Forever Humble PDX Gaming. They uh, were gracious enough to send us their game, Galligan's Island, which is uh, available on Steam as we speak. So here's that interview. So we have uh, Nick and John, Jonathan, uh, whichever you prefer, from uh, Forever Humble, Humble PDX and uh, the creator of Galligan's Island with us today. How are you fellas doing? Good. How are you? Uh, we're doing all right, thanks. <laughs> So, we uh, played your game and all that stuff. What did you think of the game? Oh, we had a really good time. This is, uh, this is John from, from Gamerhead Radio, and uh, I, I actually spent uh, quite a bit of time with it this morning. Uh, had a great time with it, guys. Did you play on the keyboard or with the controller? I played it with a keyboard. Uh, I typically uh, and usually do play with a controller, but I didn't have time to set it all that up this morning. Um, so uh, I played with a keyboard, and I, I found the entire experience to be absolutely fantastic. Everything worked like it should. Everything played like it should, and I had a good time with it. Nice. So, so guys, if you could tell us a little bit about um, how the game got like, like how the game got started and where it came from, and uh, just kind of where where the where the origination of the game was on your end. I like um, my son to try to uh, get better at doing public speaking, so I'm going to let him take a first shot at this. Perfect. Wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I, I've been programming for a while, and um, me and my dad had tried to make a game for a short time. There was an app, but we didn't really continue it on. Um, and then a little bit later, he had told me that he found this, like, um, game jam. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, it's really, like, a short time, maybe, like, 48 hours to go and make a game. Yeah. Um, and we went yeah. that, and it was, it was a simple thing, but, um, use the Intel VeoSense, which is, like, the camera you use, like, your hand to move stuff around. Um, so we wanted a simple idea to make it, and we were thinking, like, a retro idea. So we went to try to go make a, um, kind of, like, Delga clone. So we, we started off like that, um... By the time the game was finished, we, we waited a little bit to uh, continue on the game, um, and then just started evolving it from there. So, I mean, like, Dad, do you have anything to add on to that? No, I mean, you kind of hit it. It was, um, the kid's been programming for a while now. Uh, he started when he was about nine, and, um, I mean, not, maybe ten months ago, almost ten months ago, he, um, he told me he wanted people to start seeing what he could do. And he had came over, I, I have him on the weekends, and, um, he came over for a weekend, and he had his, his little briefcase with him, his 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 uh his little case for his computer, and he was all in a in a hurry. And I was like, "What do you got going on?" And he's like, "Oh, I got plans." And I'm like, "What do you What do you mean you got plans? Not on my weekend." And um, <laughs> he's uh he's like, "Oh, I'm doing this Ludum Dare game jam." So I'm of course I'm like, "Well, what the hell is a Ludum Dare? What the hell is a game jam?" You know, I had no clue. So he explains it to me, and he he shows me the way it works, and. It's like they, they let you know right at the second that the timer starts what your theme is. And um, so I asked him if I could help him out. And uh, I pitched him a little idea when they gave us the theme and watched him go to town. And that whole weekend, he knocked out this little game. And it was ugly because neither one of us are artists, but it played. And it played well. So um, I then was like, okay, this kid, he always gets my support no matter what he does because he works really hard on the things that he does. So I saw an opportunity. I'm like, ooh, let's make let's make a fucking video game. So um, I uh, I saw this. I saw a game jam that they were having at the science center down in Orlando, Florida, and it was for adults only. But I reached out and I said, listen, I, I got this 13 year old kid. He's a programming prodigy, and I'd like to bring him into this thing. And at first they were very reluctant. It was a uh, teacher from the college, and they just, at first they were like, well, it's not really a kid's environment, and we don't know if a kid could do it kind of thing, and 
you know, so we let him know, we let them know what his grades were, that his mother's a teacher and that she backed it up. So they said, okay, come on in. And the theme for it was, like he said, it was we had to make it a game using Intel RealSense. And it's the cameras that follow your face tracking and hand tracking and stuff. And um, we had never seen that stuff before. Nobody had at the Game Jam. So uh, I told Jonathan, if if we're going to do this and you're going to mess with all this new new hardware, why don't we try a game concept that isn't, you know, over-the-top new? Well, let's do a space shooter. Um, so we, and I don't want to say Galaga clone, but, you know, we kind of went with that idea. Like, let's make some formations. Let's have a ship shooting some shit. And yeah, uh, see how it works out. Yeah, it wasn't really, like... Suited to call a Galaga clone. Yeah, I I named it that way just because I, I am a little market savvy. I've been in the music business for a few years, and I saw an opportunity by using satire and calling it Galligan's Island, mixing Galaga with Gilligan's Island, that I was able to get away with putting Galaga in the title. Sure. So you know. <laughs> You know what, one of the things that was smart, um, and I don't know whether or not this was intentional. I'm sure when you guys were designing it, given how much how little time you had to do it. Um, what what makes it what separates it from something like Galaga and makes it uh, flexible in a way that that game is not is you know giving giving the option to have the hover that you can do where you can pull yourself away from the bottom of the screen and sort of move around gives it a dimension that a game like Galaga on its own didn't have. You know, when it came. So, I mean, it, you know, it's funny we've had that's been like hit and miss with some people. Some people really like it, some people really hate it, some people start to hate it and then they grow to like it. And they're like, you know, oh, why do you make the ship fall to the bottom of the screen? And uh, some people are like, you know, just because you're an indie game, you don't have to try new things, blah, blah, blah. I said it had nothing to do with trying new shit. My point was this simple. I don't like lazy fucking players. So if you're not flying the ship, it drops to the bottom of the screen. And even if you use the hover button, it makes your ship fly slower. So if you try to hold it, you're going to end up screwing yourself. Well, I'm about to falling out with Josh then. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So we had... um. Well, this we've had three artists now on the project. We, neither, I told you, neither neither one of us are. I mean, I'm not. I was never. In, I'm in this industry now, <laughs> balls deep. I love it, but uh, I would never been in gaming at all. So neither one of us were artists, and we had to find an artist. And we're now on our third artist, but he's been with us for a while now. But yeah, our last artist, he quit the project because we refused, and he'd been on the project for almost two months. He quit the project because we refused to change that mechanic. And he was all like, this isn't a team. This isn't a team. I don't feel accepted here. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a dickhead. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. And uh, and he quit. He quit on us with two months in. And I was like, what a douchebag. It totally reminded me, like, if you were to go get a job at Red Lobster, work there for two months, and then tell your bosses they better change the menu or you're going to quit. They're going to laugh. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, I got a question for you. Um, wh- wh- who did the score for the game, the soundtrack? Because I did notice that the music stands out and sort of seems to change with each wave that comes through before you get to, you know, the first boss toward the end of the, the first section of the game. So, who, like, who did the music for the game? I'm responsible for the music. Um, I ran a small record label for a few years, so I have a few artists that work for me. Um, so, I mean, I, I put it together. I produced some of the tracks. I'm the one who pieced it all together, put it in. Um, I remember our other partner, when I gave him the soundtrack to start sliding it in, he was like, did you give me a slow jazz album on purpose? And I'm like, shut up and put it in. It's going to work. But, um, yeah, smooth jazz. One of the artists though on there is actually, uh, Kurt Victor Bryant, the heavy metal legend from the band Celtic Frost. 
Uh, me and him are best friends. So he, he, uh, and well, one of the other guys that did the production on there is Claudio Collini. And if you look him up, um, that guy's Tupac. He just finished doing Jennifer <laughs> Lopez's, he did Jennifer Lopez's album. He's, um, he mixes everything from Tupac for the last almost 12 years. He did the Django Unchained soundtrack. These are two of my oh, best wow. friends. So, That's great, um, Jonathan gets lucky. He gets, he gets his music for free. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a side company. I started in this industry too. Um, I'm helping, Developers put music in their games at no out-of-pocket cost, and we walk away with 100% of the soundtrack rights. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, yeah, you're talking to a, a bunch of guys, all of all of which are on this show are either are or have been musicians at some point in the past, so we uh, we certainly understand that angle. I'm on the Grammy board. So, oh, yeah, I mean, it's again. it's one of those one of those things. Um, have you guys seen the uh, indie game that's coming out soon, Swain? No, I'm not familiar with that one, I don't think. No. Get a chance to, to Google that real quick on YouTube and check that video out. It's a hack and slash, you know, platformer. It looks mm-hmm. incredible, pixel art, real violent as shit. Um, but me and Kurt did the entire soundtrack for it. It's all heavy metal throughout That's the whole thing. thing. Nice. So so when, when, when you say that you started, started programming when you were nine, what, what languages have you been programming in, and, uh, and how old are you now? I'm, I'm 14 right now. Um, That's awesome. But, the majority of Thousands Island, I don't know if I was programmed when I was 13. Yeah, he got um, it. He got it published on the Steam at 13. Wow. Yeah, I, I started on programming when I was nine. Do you guys, just real quick, do you guys know different programming languages? Because I don't know half the shit that's about to come out of his mouth right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, this is Charlie. I, I'm a big, I'm a big computer geek. I'm a network administrator. And, Wait uh, till you hear how many languages this kid knows. It's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, j- just, just to tell you where I'm coming from, I took, um, I, I took, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, Jonathan, with uh, with Pascal. Um, I took a Pascal course way back back when I was in high school, which was in uh, like uh, 98, 99, and um, I hated every second of it. I'm definitely uh, I'm, I'm definitely the, uh, the the front end, like you know, like uh, system support and network support, and you know, the network and networking systems, you know, management side of things. Uh, the, the the closest I've come to writing code in my professional life has been just like some SQL queries, and that's been about it. As I, I've I've looked at code, I go cross-eyed and I say, no, thank you, that's not for me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. So the the fact that um that you got started um you know as when you did I mean like when uh, I'm not surprised that uh, that that your dad's using the word prodigy because it sounds really impressive your background. So what is it that you code and what languages do you use? Um. All right. So I'm like as I'm speaking this I'm slowly pulling up an actual list. Um. Anyway, so I the list. Okay. I got the list. So when I was nine, me and a friend had wanted to um make a website together. I honestly don't even remember what it was for. I think maybe, like, we were trying to make a proxy to, like, get to banned sites in my school, like YouTube or something. Um, like, I'm like a proxy to get around their firewalls? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I love him. So, um, right, so we started learning um, HTML, CSS. Um, HTML is the, the code to make a website CSS sure. and look pretty. Um, I, I started learning that for a few months building, like, simple websites, um, and then I got into JavaScript and jQuery, which are, like, what you can use to actually make the website manipulatable, like, you can make it do stuff, like, create a proxy, go around the site. Um, okay. And for maybe about a year, I, I was, I did mostly web, website um, languages, you know, HTML, CSS, uh, Python, JavaScript, jQuery. I, I did those for a while, um, Ruby, but I got bored of them, like, I just didn't like making websites anymore. It, like, I, I pretty much got to the point where I hated it. But I still love the idea of 
programming and manipulating things and like just creating a world. So um, I, I look, I got into um some game programming, and then here's the list of the languages I know: C++, Allegro, SDL, C Sharp, XNA, MonoGame, Python with PyGame, um, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, jQuery, Ruby. Um, I know the Arduino programming language, and I, I think it's just called Arduino. Six Five Two Assembly, a little bit of that. Fortran, a little bit of that as well. ActionScript for Flash, Basic, Java, the Game Maker language. Um, and I know some C development, but not much because I think an older language. But um, so yeah, for the past like four or five years, I've been working with them game programming. How man, I miss having the free time to do to learn that kind of stuff. That's Meanwhile, we here at Radio can write our names. Yeah. <laughs> I can't program my my way out of a fucking paper bag. There you go. Nothing. I thought like I thought about it. I thought like okay, maybe since this is what we're going to be doing, maybe I'll try to learn. And I I got a program from Udemy, um, how to program C sharp in Unity. And I don't know. I spent like two hours with it and was like, fuck this. I'm just going to pretend I'm an amazing game designer and keep going with that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Did you, did you, uh, what was it that, that Jonathan, that pulled you in the direction of programming? Were you just naturally inclined and had a natural interest at a young age to do this? Or was there an influence, uh, you know, but, you know, maybe between your parents or just in your, in your life? That, I, that, I tried to push him into music. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to do. So, yeah, I, I was pushing music, but um, I didn't like it because my fingers hurt too much. Mm-hmm. So, so um, what were you what were you playing guitar? Uh, yeah, guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, come on, he's not playing the trumpet. <laughs> I played the trumpet in high school. <laughs> I played the cornet in high school, so there you go. And neither of my parents have been programmers. Um, I mean, my mom could barely open up Google Chrome, but uh. <laughs> I, I kind of fell into programming by myself. Um, like I said, it started with me and I kind of wanted like, a website, and I kind of just went from there. I never got to like really big game programming, like you know, publishing a game, and until my dad had coerced me into it. But programming itself, I've been doing that on my own, all individual learning for just the past couple of years. Child labor in America rocks. <laughs> <laughs> it was just something like natural. I I, I fell into. It was you had some game designer that you loved that pushed you into it too, in the gaming um, anyway. I, I think I don't know Japanese people, so I mean it's something Japanese. Yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I did a book report on Shigeru Miyamoto. The uh, like there you oh, go. The guy who made Nintendo. Nintendo. Um, That's right. He was like like a little like hero for me when I was younger. So um, that kind of pushed me into wanting to make games. But um. Yeah, that was pretty much the only outside influence I really had. He taught himself completely too, just using Google and shit. That's great. That's that's phenomenal. I can I, I can relate to uh, to about an eighth of what you said, um, and uh, so I'm 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 quite impressed. Um, so if if you had to name like uh, like uh, so out of all the current developers and you know Miyamoto's still around of course but uh, you know out of maybe other developers that have come up since you were originally inspired by Miyamoto what other developers do you really look up to and uh, would you uh, would you like to like I don't know intern with for like a, like a month or so? As developer wise goes, um, I don't really know many of them. I, I leave like the knowledge of the outside world up to my dad mostly. But um Yes. <laughs> That's why Jonathan, he's so cool. Jonathan Blow. <laughs> right. if, if you've ever heard of him, Jonathan Blow is the guy that made Braid. Oh sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Blow, he, he's kinda like 
more developers I know and I follow a lot. Cool. He's always been like a big interest of mine. But yeah, I, I'm not not really big on knowledge of the most developers now. I I know a lot of indie developers through my dad, but like the big guys I'm not not really hundred percent sure of. Like that, yeah, that's, 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 why that guy. Me, I, I study I study like crazy. Like I said, I I've stepped into this to be Jonathan's game designer first and I went ahead and started up my own studio, his studio and our production company, our publishing company. Um but I study up like crazy because I'm not one of these guys who thinks I need a six-year degree to figure out game design. I've been playing games since Pong. So it's, it's you know, am I always going to be correct? No, but I study a lot. And I'll tell you, I like, I like, I like Vlambeer. I think, uh, I think they're really, really solid in their game design. They're very consistent in playing fun, active games. Even though they're not the best out there, they're very consistent in what they do. As far as AAA... Bethesda, and that's it. The rest of them can suck nuts. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, <laughs> all right. Live, to live by. I would say Square Enix. I'm thinking like the Japanese games. I mean, yeah, he's a, he loves JRPGs, man. That's I, I love blowing. I love blowing shit up. <laughs> so, so what is it that you guys have coming up on the horizon? Then, what's what's next for you? Well, we still have uh, 15 more levels going into Galgan's Island. Oh wow. Um, yeah, um, and and we just actually did a. There's all kinds of updates coming to Galgan's Island. For example, um, 50 levels more, so there'll be 75 levels total. 15 bosses. Um, yeah, 15 bosses. Then there's three mini games that we're launching inside of the game. That's actually one of the the next big updates that's coming really soon. The next update we're putting in is free DLC. It's Galgan's Island 1.5. Um, it's an extra game where it's set up just like Galgan's Island is, except you get to play the bosses. So you're the bosses wrecking the ships. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> well, I we that should... was your idea. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I'm, yeah, everything's me. Game design is my dad's idea. Yeah, I, I just push and crack the whip and these guys get working. I've networked really well too. I mean, he's got, he's got programmers galore to work with them. Um, the artists are the hard ones to round up. They get screwed in this industry a lot. Um, we're a startup, so we have to do profit share. We don't have a stack of cash to go out and hire guys all day long. So we have to do profit share, and artists are the hardest to find because they get screwed the most. Um, they could put 200 hours worth of work onto the table and then have a developer team get bored or get broke or just move on to another project, and then their work is just completely wasted. I'm not that guy. I don't let us start anything we don't finish. Um, we have multiple projects coming, though. But Galligan's Island 1.5 was, uh, we did Ludum Dare, the most recent one, and the theme was You Are the Monster. And I walked around for about 20 minutes, banging my head, trying to figure out what we were going to do, and I just was like, oh, wait a second. Why don't we just go into Galligan's Island and make Galligan's Island 1.5? We'll make Metagalactic, it's called Galligan's Island Metagalactic Monstrosities, <laughs> and you get to play the bosses, and you wreck the ships, man. It's 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 right a good time. The, that Jonathan's working on that as we speak right now. As a matter of fact, we're trying to uh, hopefully have that uploaded onto Steam by tomorrow, and then it takes about 24 hours for Valve to approve your uploads. Okay. But Galgan's Island 1.5 DLC will be there. We have um we have a sequel. Galgan's Island 2 is already. We're making six Galgan's Island total. Oh. Um, we have Galgan's Island 2. It's called Cosmic Carrival. Uh, we have a lot of the core programming already done for that. 
unfortunately, we can't, like, tell too many people except for this. <laughs> but uh, we can't really tell too many people because we don't want them to lose faith that we're not going to finish Galgan's Island 1 because they're used to, you know, regular, everyday, shitty game makers. They're not used to guys that sit around and work nonstop. I have programmers that will beat their fingers till they bleed after just doing a 16-hour shift. So we don't screw around, but Cosmic Carrival is really neat. Um, it is split-screen couch competition. So basically what's going on, the storyline is going to be coming into Galgan's Island 1, where you find out the whole storyline behind it. And at the end of Galgan's Island 1, our pilot finds out that he wasn't the only survivor of this great war. So in Galgan's Island 2 now, he's training his new pilots. So it's split-screen couch competition. It's kind of like a race. It's still done top-down style, scrolling, shoot em up But you collect power-ups that you then launch against the other player to slow them down. We have, like, visual hindrance, so, like, when you pick that up and launch it against the player, it's like an old 1970s rabbit ears television starts flipping your screen and stuff. Um, enemy displacement, so every enemy you shoot shows up on the other player's screen, things like that. And that's Galgan's Island 2. Um, I just started a game, let's see, last Monday. I have a prototype that's 90% finished in my hands right now called Spell Blast. Um, I'm trying for a niche, niche, niche whatever, genre here. Um, <laughs> it's a word game disguised as a shoot 'em up So uh, that's going to be really interesting. I wanted to try something a little different because uh, if you search platformers on Steam, for example, there's 51 pages. If you search word games, there's six games. So uh, by making this space shooting word game that I've got here, it's, it's a really unique idea too, man, let me tell you. Um, we're going to try to play a couple different genres all at once. Um, we have a couple platformers coming. We, uh, we're working on four, four games currently right now. That's awesome. Wow, man. And I've just published two. I've got one in green light right now. That's fantastic. You guys certainly are staying busy, huh? Um, yeah, I don't let these guys sleep. Are you kidding me? What's the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep is just wasted time. That's, that's right, that's right. So, so um, if, if everybody wants to find out more about what you guys do, what projects you have coming up, what you're working on, and uh, you know, just what's coming down the pipeline, where, where would everybody go to find that information for you guys? Uh, foreverhumblepdx.com. We actually just got that website up and running. Um, we had galgansisland.com since we've had the game out, but um, went ahead and now that we're making other games and publishing a few. We just got foreverhumblepdx.com up and running. Um, it still needs some tweaking and some polishing and get all the tabs in there of everything that we're working on. I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, I pretty much, I'm on that, I spam the shit out of Twitter. Are you kidding me? People <laughs> think you're supposed to go on there to talk to people. They're like, oh, they prefer if you interact. I'm like, screw that. I talk to people, nobody replies. I spam the shit out of them, we get hits. I'm like, what are you going to do? Facebook, eh, I use Facebook just to uh, put people in Messenger so that I can talk to them and they just can't talk back to me because nobody knows how to use the talk feature on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, um, then, we're, we, stay social, your... we stay active on social media, so. Cool. Oh. And, then, and then you've got your games on Steam. Are, are, you, are you looking at or on any other platforms other than Steam? Um, let's itch.io. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'm really supposed to say this, but I'm, I'm slowly building our own, our own game site. Um, okay. I think most of them most of them suck out there. Uh, a lot of them take way too much money from the developers. Um, I'm up to I'm up to something big in the works. Okay. Well, so I mean I'm dealing know, dealing with Steam for the time being. Um, I have a game that I'm working on called Insert Coin, 
we're going to launch it on Steam, and it's secretly the beginning of the game site. We're going to get all the fans onto that game and then take it off there and plan it on our own website and open shop. Oh, all right. Man with the plan, as they say. Well, it's part of the reason why uh, my son asked me to work with them. You know, um, I, I get shit done. That's what I do. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, you know what, guys? Uh, keep us posted on anything you guys have uh, coming up in the future. And uh, once you guys get everything else launched, let us know. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on everything for you. But uh, well, we're doing. Um, guys would like. We're to, doing uh, Orlando IX, a big convention next weekend. And at that convention, we will be showing Vevictus. Vevictus is our LSD simulator. Um, oh yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> it's uh, very God World like, like the original movie Lawnmower Man. Um, it runs on both PC as well in the Oculus Rift. It is, it's incredible. It's it's a it's an LSD simulator. Um, that we're showing we're showing Galligan's Island with the very first mini game in it. Um, the storyline lets you meet your pilot in Galligan's Island, and you find out that he's a gamer. And you go inside the spaceship, and he's got this shitty little rigged up console in there, and he plays games inside of that. So Galligan's Island is going to have three mini games inside of it. The first one is uh, probably going to be uploaded, I would say, by next weekend. It's going to be, we're going to be showing it at Orlando IX. I'll be also showing Spellblast. That's our, our word shooter game. That's almost 100% finished. I just got to start dropping in the new art. Um, and then the two games that we're publishing right now. But, yeah, we, we've got a handful of stuff we're about to smack people in the head with. All good stuff, guys. All good stuff. Uh, uh, Nick and uh, uh, Jonathan, anything, uh, anything that you'd like to leave your players, uh, you know, with on, on the way out here? Stick with us, because we're not going yeah, anywhere. Definitely. Yeah, we're we're not we're not going anywhere. I'm only I'm only 36 years old. Jonathan's only 14. The way he looks at it is, he can have haters. He's going to outlive them. <laughs> That's we're, not, yeah, that we're we're not going anywhere. We're just going to keep on getting better at what we do. We don't pretend that we make the best games. We mean it when we say we fucking make games, period. And we're just going to keep getting better at doing it. Absolutely. All right, you guys heard it here on Gamerhead Radio. Nick, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to uh, speak with us. I uh, wish you the best of luck in the future on all your projects coming up. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll stay in touch always with you guys on social media. Every game we put out, we'll send you guys copies. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. Guys, Thank you. Man, 14 years old, that kid's impressive. I mean, he, he can write in more languages than I think anybody can speak in. Yeah, that resume was impressive, to say the least. I only, I'm, I'm, I'm a geek, okay? And I only recognize, I think, two-thirds of those languages that he can write in. So, I mean, I mean I'm not a coder, as I said, but, uh, yeah. But you're in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to have some of those words not slide that, across that your That would desk. be like you not hearing about a car company, I think. Or a very, very metal band. <laughs> yes, that too. Meanwhile, I can potato. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why John doesn't code. And oh. I tried. I actually started learning Java at one point. And uh, it, Ricky Keller, actually, uh, you know, one-time uh, uh, B-Squad co-host, it's not that I couldn't do it. It's that I couldn't retain it. I could learn. Sure. I could learn the codes. I could yep. execute the codes. I could keep the information in my brain for about 45 minutes, and then I would wait two days and go back to do it and go, potato. <laughs> so, you know. 
Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, probably by the time this episode airs, uh, Galligan's Island 1.5 will be available on Steam. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely worth your interest. Yeah, I had a great time with it, man. It's a really, really fun game and they did a great job on it, especially given how, uh, how little time it took them to put the initial prototypes for it together. So it's very cool, man. Yeah. I've seen some of the stuff that's coming out, uh, that's come out of those like 48 hour, whatever, like coding challenges. Mm -hmm. And those, man, I... What those what 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 coders like coders are absolutely the artists of the IT world. Like what they are yeah. what they are what they are capable of doing just with with you know just being able to see like the lines of code. I mean like they're literally Neo. I mean in in terms of like being able to yeah. like imagine like I want a game to do this and so being able to translate thought and concept into just the the, the garble to me that is code is just it's it's mind boggling to me to especially do it under that amount of pressure and that amount of time. So, well done, Jens. Yep, absolutely. So speaking of developers, uh, our mailbag actually continues on that quest. Let's see what uh, you had to say about it. It's a really developer show. I don't know why I did that. I don't, <laughs> Keep I don't it know. In. <laughs> amazing. So this week's mailbag question was, is what do you think of our developer feature from last episode? Uh, please see episode 133 to see what I'm talking about. And uh, what other developers do you think we should do episodes on? Uh, so Brian Lester responds and says, uh, it was good. I liked hearing about the previous games that Toys for Bob made, although I find it odd that the only title I heard of from them outside of Skylanders was Pandemonium. With that said, a feature about Nicalis would be awesome if I pronounce that right. N-I-C-A... L-I-S. Are you guys familiar with that that developer? Uh, I don't believe that I am actually. I'm guessing it's a fighting developer. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna guess. But we can <laughs> be. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to make it like good. Like we, we we can look into that, Brian. Yes, we can be. Anyways. Oh, we can be. Yes. No. No. In the army. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So who's got responses? Um, I've got some bad. responses for you here. Uh, Carlton Nolset uh, says Obsidian Entertainment, which. Uh, you know, uh, um, they did uh, Fallout New Vegas. They also did Knights of the Old Republic 2. You know, they've got some a, a pretty good pedigree. Really, and, Carlton? Really? Yeah, yeah. He also... Uh, <laughs> All he your also, fandoms in one place. <laughs> yes, indeed. But that's, that's a good thing. It's a totally masturbatory, but wonderfully so. Um, he also said, and in exile, that's uh, stylized in capital X, I-L-E, uh, in exile. Um, so, yeah, yeah, great suggestions from Carlton. Uh, yeah. John Kautsky says Mad Max clearly did not understand the question, <laughs> but I appreciate the response, and I could talk about Mad Max all day. Uh, and then Ben Wire says uh, 2K Games and Gearbox both would be fantastic uh, uh, oh, spotlights. Yeah. Absolutely. Really rich histories, yeah. both of those companies yeah. there. I would love to, to spend some time talking about Alien Colonial Marines. Oh, man. Yes. And then we have our Songbird email. She says, uh, Dear Tectoshonicorn, Goat, and Fallon Flynn, mailbag answer. Considering the month which approaches, perhaps you could conjure up a feature for frictional games who are known for the Penumbra series and most recently Soma. Ah. Also, oh, I mentioned yeah. Amnesia Dark Descent. Yeah. I, I play, started playing this week. They make those two. That, or you could do a report about Scott uh, Scott uh, Cawthorn. Scott Cawthorn. That's the creator of the Five Nights at Freddy's games. Oh, right, right, right. Um, man, yeah, that uh, that would be interesting. Those are great, great. Somber, yeah. why yep. do you have to be smarter than us <laughs> all the time? Um, every day, I ask myself that question. Uh, <laughs> when the PSP came out, did you ever think that at some point Sony's ambition for handhelds would end so quickly, considering the pedigree? Um, I would not say it ended quickly. I would say that it's a very long, slow, slow painful, like like drawn out death, stabbed to death by a spoon, slow. <laughs> um, Cutting yes. down a tree with a herring, slow. And, and oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's like some Three Stooges level ridiculousness. Wait, hang on. How would that even work? The herring would degrade way faster than the tree would. I I don't know. Ask the knights to say knee. Valid. Okay. Um, um, Yeah. And and just just to reinforce what John said about uh, being stabbed with a spoon, to be very clear, this is one of those little like centimeter wide hors d'oeuvre spoons. Um, Oh, yeah. Little ones. Yeah. Um, A caviar spoon, if you will. But but to answer, I think the spirit of your question, um, it's um, no no. I the the very idea was with 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 Sony what with what they did with the PlayStation, what they've proven now four times with the PlayStation, and with how much they can do gaming right. Um, I never when when they announced the PlayStation Portable and then renounced the Vita, you know, even after the you know arguable success over the PlayStation Portable, I never in a million years thought that these two portable game consoles from a company that clearly knows how to make set top game consoles would do as uh, as what I would say poorly as they have. My theory on it now that because we had just talked about it earlier in the episode, coincidentally, um, my theory on it is is that they are. This is as close to we're going to come or get as possible as Sony saying, admitting, like, we just, we didn't do very well and we're going to stop doing it, kind of. Because what what I have this vision in my brain of is I'm sitting at a, at a meeting going, well, are we going to, we're going to gear up to do another, uh, you know, handheld system and then it kind of being like, nah, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, you know, like no, we could, but we're not going to. And let's use mobile gaming as our out. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's just and quietly just let it all go away. When really the answer is Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, that, that's something I didn't even consider until right now. It's you know, basically now we're back to a single player. I mean, mobile gaming is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's. Um, but I mean, like as far as like actual dedicated portable gaming systems, yeah. the, if if the if the, if the the PlayStation Portable line ends here then we're only looking at Nintendo and I don't a single horse race is never fun yeah. to watch. And I mean, you yeah. can't compare mobile gaming with, yeah, no, it's with not the same. like the it's handheld. The same. I mean, it's, it's potato, potato. <laughs> Sorry. How is it not a fun race? I'm on the horse. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair enough. Uh, Sombra continues since they're getting rid of uh, campaign, for last-gen consoles, why even bother anymore? Why hasn't Activision cut out the fat and released a game like Call of Duty similar to Titanfall or Evolve? Um, I immediately shush. have an answer to that. Shush, Songbird. Yeah, don't give them any ideas. Yeah. Um, because with games like Titanfall or or um, what was the other one she mentioned? Uh, Evolve. Evolve. Oh, Evolve being you know multiplayer competitive. Those games were designed and announced as being that way. Call of Duty gamers or any of the other like you know popular first-person shooter gamers, those are series that are dependent on the comeback of those players, and players are used to getting X amount of value. If you take a large component of the value that they're getting out of their game away from them, even if they don't play it, because I know most people who buy Call of Duty games don't even play the fucking campaign. Yep. They go straight for multiplayer and then kind of peck their way through the campaign, maybe if they're bored. If you take value away from what you're used to getting, people will still bitch. Yep. People will still be upset about it. So I think that at least strategically seems why to me. And it, it, it's it's frankly it's all about money too. I mean like those campaigns cost like hundred like tens of million dollars, maybe even hundreds. I don't even know. Like like tons of money to make. And they're they, frankly they're selling enough copies of Call of Duty to pay for it. Yeah. And um so the fact that they can do it, the fact that it makes better commercials and the fact that you know that they do have 
while they may be a minority, you know, they're, they're still enough to matter. People who only play the campaigns, like myself in Call of Duty, um, I, think, uh, I think that's why they haven't completely gone away. Do I think that we're going to see less and less of them, especially in new properties? Unfortunately, yes. But the ones that are established, like Call of Duty, yeah. Battlefield, it's expected. Um, Borderlands, I mean, like games like those. I mean, yeah. Borderlands is different, but you, know, you 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 understand what I'm saying. I don't I don't see them going yep. solely multiplayer. Activision with that Kevin Spacey money. <laughs> well, that like John hit the nail on the head. People bitch about they want everything more of everything for the same price. They don't want yeah. less of everything for the same. And price. And while people have come to expect less in new things coming out. You can't change the formula on what is, or yeah. people get salty. You can't take away. You can just not include yeah. on new ideas. Including me. I get pissed when people take things away from me. Uh, <laughs> Sonberg continues, uh, Halo was trying to influence me to take up smoking? What? Uh, there's a report out about video games whose ESRB doesn't mention smoking this, despite being in it. Uh, using the ESRB site, try looking up a game you've played and know it uh, has smokes and see if it was omitted as well. Um... So that's interesting. Is that is that the kind of thing we need to be putting in the ESRB ratings? Do you think? Um, I it don't is know. Taboo at the moment. As a smoker, well, yeah, you don't really see movies or TV shows much anymore because they, yeah. a lot of people say that it was irresponsible for Hollywood to influence God, kids. I remember. To smoke I remember the outcry when they said that the Constantine character wasn't going to smoke, which is like like seeing him without a cigarette is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, um, smoking's the new the new bad thing to do. Like I've gotten. As a smoker, I get yelled at all the time. Yeah, sure. Like, why are you doing that here? I'm like, because we're outside. Calm your shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 10 yeah. years ago, it was not a big deal. Now, like, I've murdered your firstborn. I'm really sorry. I mean, I can <laughs> think of a bunch of games that feature smoking in it. Grand Theft Auto games. Sure. Uh, Mass Effect has had smoking in it. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, Gears of War has had smoking Metal in Gear, it. Metal Gear. All the Metal Gears have yeah, smoking yeah, in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Every single one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's cigars. It's a little bit... Yeah. Uh, has a different social stigma. L.A. Noir had yeah. smoking in it. Oh, yeah. um, probably everything Rockstar's ever made has smoking in it. Yeah, but um, I mean, like, certain games probably lend themselves more to having it than sure. others. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um, so do you think that that... Um, so do you think that this is something that should be factored into ESRB ratings? Yes. I do not, personally. I am weirded <laughs> out by the answers in this room right now. Uh, you expected <laughs> the flip-flop, did you? I did, completely. Uh, no, I don't think it should be factored in. You know, there are so many things... I mean, if you can drive... If you can drive a car down a street and just mow over everybody on the sidewalk, the last thing you should be worried about in a game that has mature rating is the fucking smoking in it, personally. That's fair. Um, and we've gone this long without having there be any, like, for all the things that, that people point their fingers at video games for, I don't think I've ever heard the media go, it's encouraging the children to smoke! You know, that's the one thing maybe they haven't tried to, to you know, get onto gaming for. So I don't, I don't think it really factors in at this point. There's so many other violent things or scary things or you know lewd things in gaming that should be more of a factor before smoking honestly i don't think it's going to change anything to factor it in no see i think it should be in there in the in the uh in the vein of fairness because alcohol use is already in there you think that's the same it is now. depends on what kind of smoke it is i guess it is now like yeah. seriously like you can go legally buy a beer and and use it you can legally go buy a pack of cigarettes and use them <laughs> It's the same playing field. Sure. If alcohol use has to be listed, then tobacco use has to be listed. It's just in fairness. Mm. All right. Um, on on my side of things, um, I would say after hearing you, both of your guys' arguments, I would I would probably have to say that um, that it I would say it should be included and listed um, because it is something that's age restricted. It is something that um, that uh, yeah yeah if. 
I mean, I don't, I don't, I think, I, I think out of all the possible sins, like smoking is like the least important. So I, I, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with both of you. Sure. Our, sure. our roles have shifted here. John, normally you're the middle road today. I'm the middle road. That's right, man. It's, I, I do think smoking is like the least possible thing. Like you could be worrying about like in a game, like influencing people. Um, when you're, when you're talking it up to like murdering thousands of people with a car or with a gun or just, or just whatever. Um, but at the same time, out of fairness, I do think it should be listed along with those other things just because I don't think it should get a pass just because it's not a, that big of a deal, I guess. I don't know. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, shaking shit up on the show this week. <laughs> hmm? Uh, Freaky Friday. Um, and then uh, Songbird finishes off her email by saying, uh, also, just to throw this in, you can now sing the birthday song without getting sued. And I looked up and did verify that is true. Uh, an article listed on... Um, on uh, centralmain.com, which I think I got here from somewhere else. Uh, oh, by the Los Angeles Times. Um, that a federal judge's ruling that happy birthday to you is not under copyright, or at least uh, at least under the one that uh, held by a publisher, previous publisher, whatever, former publisher, uh, Warner Chapel Music, means that one of the most popular songs in the English language may belong to the public after all. So, uh, on that note, um, John, you may not realize this, but um, uh, I, th- I think between last week and this week, is the one-year anniversary of your first appearance on this show. It is. And so with that... And one of our listeners, Adrian Creven, or Creven, I'm not sure how to say it properly, it's actually Adrian's birthday today. It's Adrian's birthday too. It is. Uh, Well, only. It's not your birthday, but uh, it's it's your your birth birth anniversary or something like that. That's right, my birth anniversary. So Adrian, well, this is just perfect. Um, Adrian, gentleman, key of C minor... um, Happy birthday to you. You can't sue us. Happy birthday to you. We don't owe you any money. Happy birthday, dear Adrian. And also John's one year anniversary. Happy birthday to you. And we did that. We just did that. And somebody sues us. You know what? (laughs) I am so glad that this happened because I hope that what this means is that when you go eat at a sit down restaurant now, they just fucking sing happy birthday instead of going happy, happy birthday. I want to punch your face. (laughs) Well, where do you eat? I want to go there. That's right. Uh, That would be Dick's um, last resort. There you go. Yeah. Is that next to Bulging Ben's? Oh. Had to take it there, did you? Yeah. Uh, um, so thank, thank you, Songbird, for your email, and thank you for everybody else who responded to our mailbag question. We appreciate you all very much. And um, and really, just Songbird, thank you for setting that up for us. Absolutely. Was, and thank you for coming back. We missed you last week. <laughs> uh, indeed. Um, so uh, with all that being said, so next week... Um, uh, we, got a show. We, we do have a show next week um, But between now and then um, John do you have anything coming up in your near future um, No no just enjoying the uh, The blisses of, of married life uh, Other than that I, I So a whole lot of paperwork That's right lots of, <laughs> lots of paperwork And getting, getting things changed over So are you taking her name or is she taking yours Oh she's taking my name Because John That's right. it sounds like a fun time That's right no it's not, not uh, She will be Mrs. Santiago Or as she likes to uh, jokingly refer to Or, or uh, play on words for my last name she refers to herself i don't do this this is her okay. as mrs zombie bongos <laughs> she calls our son <laughs> luca zombie bongos and it makes me cringe and laugh at the same time oh my god is there uh, is there a is there a short but sweet story to the origination of that fuck no she just <laughs> shit just came flying out Wait. of her mouth you need, you need to counteract that with calling her, start calling her Megatiano. That's right. No, no. I, I, oh I, when she was still Megan McQuillan, I used to call her Megan McQuibble. 
That was the, was the best I could come up with. Hers is way better. <laughs> there is no equivalent to that. Uh, other than that, no. Nothing else going on this week. More stuff with villains. Nothing that I haven't already talked about uh, coming up. And then um, things have kind of balanced out a little bit with my schedule for the first time in like almost two months where I will have some free time to play some things extensively and, and talk about a little bit more variety uh, and actually maybe finish some of the shit. I've probably talked about 25 games in the last three months and I haven't finished any of them because I keep running out of time. So that's it for me. Go. What do you got coming up? A whole lot of nothing, really. So, <laughs> I'm still working on that album. I yeah, think. I mean, we're cutting the album. We're doing vocals. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a time-consuming time process. If you don't know how records work, they just don't poop out of your butt. Uh, An album is never finished. At some point, you just stop. Yes. That's it. Yep. Yes. You just yep. look at it and go, it's fucking done. I'm yep. walking away. You put it out and then uh, beleaguer yourself with regret over what could yes. have been. Yep. 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 And then you write five more songs and put it out as a bonus EP. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> B-sides, if you will. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, I'm kind of filling time, waiting for other things to fall into place to announce. Um, trying to get through this fucking Batman game is pretty much going to be this week. Uh, I, power to you, sir. I Do suppose. it. Crush um, it. Yep. Uh, my side of things, uh, ponies. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, we're, we're, well, we're, uh, we're, we're less than two months away from Ponyville Cider Fest. Uh, once again, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, November 20th through 22nd. Um, this is the, um, you know, it's, uh, I've been putting a lot of time and effort into uh, making this convention along with my team of over 70 people. Um, as uh, as fantastic as it could possibly be, and it just it's a uh, goat really, wants really, to say it's really so looking bad. Forward to it. What goat? No, 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 no. Now, listeners, I know everybody's been waiting for us to be able to stream and play some games together. Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> blame ponies for that not happening because they've pretty not much, entirely pretty much have stolen all of our Charlie free time to play video games. Yeah, but yeah, damn it! So send all your <laughs> your your hate mail to why we can't stream. Send it all to ponyhate <laughs> at gamerheadradio.com. Um, <laughs> Pony hate. Please, God, don't make that no, an no, actual address. Don't hate address. the ponies. Just hate what they've done to his time here, schedule. Here, here's the fun thing about the way our email is set up. You can literally send an email to anything you could possibly make up at gamerheadradio.com, and it'll all funnel into editors. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a catch-all. Yes. So you literally could send your email to potato to potato at gamerheadradio.com or ponyhate at gamerheadradio.com or... Um, I've stolen Goat's Beard at GamerHeadRadio.com. I mean, I'm just making things up now. Wait a minute. Why would you tell me this? You for the fun. all sorts of shit that's going to yep. come through now. Yep, for the fun. Um, <laughs> and also, um, please follow, if you're at all interested, uh, Pony Cider Fest on Twitter, and also Barley PCF and Caramel PCF, the two mascots, which are usually both also me. Um, so in addition to... I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like 20 people online. Way um, to pull the veil off that. Follow them, though, guys. It's yeah. a great it's, it's, community, it's, great, great fun. Yeah, to, to be clear, this is not something I broadcast uh, really publicly. Like, the profiles don't say that anywhere. So you, Gamerhead Radio listeners, are, are, are getting to see behind the curtain a little bit. Um, behind so, the tail? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, and so uh, on next week's episode, uh, with the conversation that we got into, that we, we kind of had to pull the plug on because we weren't really done, uh, we decided that we were going to... Um, uh, factor your guys' opinions and thoughts into the conversation as well. And so going back to our number one story from this week, talking about um, 
the uh, the idea that we are seeing the end or maybe even the the the, the you know just the end of progression or change or whatever however you want to put it in the in the existence of gaming consoles our question to you is is um just any thoughts you have on the matter do you are there any companies left that you think could come out and and blow off the walls or blow off the roof or whatever part of the house it blows off <laughs> <laughs> with with some sort of gaming console entry that is a horrible idea so you're putting a council in your house and now you're blowing it up. So it's weatherproof. Um, uh, do you think there are any companies left that um, that, that that could enter into this uh, particular uh, horse race, as it were? That um, aren't already that aren't already gaming companies. I, I have this much, much more concise. All right. Who's your wild card? To, to flip the fucking lid on Council World. That exactly. That, that is a perfect way to put it. Um, and also, which is, what do you think about the story in general? Do you think that we are seeing the end of consoles? Do you think that uh, we are... Go- do you think that we're going to continue to see iterations as we have been? Do you think that sales are going to be, like, flat from now? Yes, I'll still sell them, but not more than any of the previous generations. Just, uh, you know, go back... Uh, you know, I'm sure that many of you had thoughts as we were going through that number one story. So this is your outlet to please tell us everything that you were thinking while it was and- and all of these yep. things, please. Um, and so with that, you can take those thoughts and you can contact us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I'm at T-E-K Charlie, John is at the Fallon Flynn, Goat is at Sir Goatsworth. Um, you can email us your uh, responses at uh, editors at GamerHeadRadio.com. We also have a voicemail where we will almost certainly play your messages if you were to leave us. Please, rants and thoughts and just everything, 94926Gamer. Uh, it, it, please, it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic medium for you guys. So you don't have to worry about typing. Just call us up and just let it rip. Just let us know whatever you're thinking. Um, download the official GamerHead Radio app on Google Play or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, uh, Twitch, uh, uh, TuneIn Radio, and also with your podcast downloader of choice um as always thank you everybody very much for listening we appreciate you all very very much uh this has been yet another uh very developer-y episode of gamerhead radio So you have a new mic? Check yours. Check, check, check. Hey, how's it going? Am I hot? Am I cold? What's going on? New mic. New mic check. Five, seven, five. Well, you're seven. hot and then you're cold. And then uh, you're yes and you're no. <laughs> and okay. then you are in and you're out. And, what? Well, Is this you're better? Out, and Just, you're up and you're down. What the hell are you Terrible. yapping about? You know, it's wrong and then it's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new Beck song? <laughs> <laughs> um... But do you know that that's a Katy Perry song I was just singing? No. <laughs> I definitely did not. Nope. All right. I'll allow it.